With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The money that was raised by the fans and by you guys and the awareness, um, you know, toward mental health and like and suicide prevention and those things that are so important and literally, literally saving lives. Literally, like I don't care like this work has saved people's lives people are alive today that would not be if you guys hadn't done what you did right that's just a fucking fact well here we are again this is chapter nine of the DC Alliance podcast, and this is the episode that is post Justice Con. It's going to have a lot of Justice Con talk about it. It was a really fun weekend watching all these uh, panels, and with me to talk about it, my homeboy as always, T Bone. How you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good, Greg. Uh, we'll take any recipes to, involving strawberries because <laughs> myself and my girlfriend went and picked uh, two giant tubs of strawberries and. I'm starting to get sick of just eating just basic strawberries, so <laughs> anything like strawberry jam, strawberry cheesecake, any sort of recipes, please send them my way. Uh, they'll be greatly appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, joining us again tonight, uh, Mr. Balga, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Um, I'll have to say y'all should be scared. Be looking behind your backs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's see. We got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, we're gonna cover Justice Con. We got a show question, and uh, then we're gonna talk about our regular shows and a little bit of news mixed in there. So, before we get started, I want to go ahead and talk about we are part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. That is a network where you can find five days a week a show dropping every day: Marvel Mondays, DC Tuesdays, Wednesdays World's Finest True Believers, Thursdays you either get slice of film or Star Wars Alliance podcast, and Friday superhero discussion to come talk a little animation with me and Travis. Yeah, and we also have a Patreon account. Uh, $1 a month is just helps us keep the lights on, as Greg likes to say. $5 a month gets you ad-free episodes and also early content episodes. Like, we put up superhero discussions usually a week early. And we also put up specials. Myself, Greg, and Chris did a rank the DCAU New 52 movies and talked about where the DC animation is going to go from here. Uh, that was a great discussion that's up on Patreon as well. So, yeah, anything you can do to help out is greatly appreciated. And I think you actually like saying help keep the lights on. But you say it every single time now. <laughs> I think you, I think you, you like saying it You said it the first it time, and I haven't stopped. You said uh, it the first time, and I haven't stopped. 
Uh, all right, man. Well, let's uh, get things rolling then. Uh, we're going to go ahead and knock out the show question and then walk right in the news and then do the show reviews, kind of the same way we always kind of, kind of do, uh, try to do it. So we had a show question tonight from Eric, correct? Beard Geek? Legendary Beard Geek? Yeah. All right. And his question was, should the Mask of the Phantasm and Under the Red Hood be uh, a live-action movie one day? And if so, cast some characters. So anybody want to go with this one or you want me to take it off? I'll I'll start it off. I'm good, Chris. I I I'm the purest. I think the uh, Mask of Phantasm needs to be left alone where it is in animation. Um, okay. I just I I it it's just perfect the way it's done. I think because it's it was done in the way and it actually theatrically released. It's a little different from Under the Red Hood, so it hasn't you know didn't get that chance. But I could definitely see. Maybe in a Elseworlds Snyderverse, there we go, Taste of Things to Come, that we could get an Under the Red Hood-like, um, you know, movie out of it. So I, I could definitely see Under the Red Hood. I mean, I could, you know, I'm fine if they want to do Mask of the Phantasm, but if I have to choose, if I'm choosing one, I, I say leave Mask of the Phantasm in its perfect little corner right there and let's bring Under the Red Hood to the uh, the big screen. So does that make Dick Grayson Red Hood? That That's fine. Let's do it. Let's okay. turn. Let's let's. Uh, you know, again, it it we've changed. Snyder's changed a lot of stuff in this universe. We've gotten rid of yeah, Jimmy Olsen, right. and people got very upset. So they're already upset that Dick's dead. Let's uh, see when we get um get him back. Yeah, make it work. When I really make him angry, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've already got enough. Of it. We've already got enough people just upset about that. They can't see the past of again different tales, different takes. Come on. All right. All right. Multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. What about you, T-Bone? Do you think they should be made into live-action movies? I tend to lean in Chris's direction here. I think Master of the Phantasm should stay the way it is. It's kind of one of my perfect animation films. Uh, I think you can adapt certain aspects of it, like the Batman struggling with having the happy life and to promise to his parents I think you can pay homage to it and show some of the shots in the movie on the big screen, but you don't have to do a shot-for-shot adaptation of that one. But I also really like the idea of doing the Under the Red Hood uh, story at some point for Batman. I think it it best, like Chris said, as an Elseworlds tale, though, because it'll it'll be hard to build up a universe and have that payoff. So I think in Elseworlds, one story type deal. Everybody knows the characters of Batman and Robin. Some may not know Jason Todd, like, but when you see Robin as Robin, that's all you need. Especially if you adapt the like purely the same as what Under Red Hood was in the animated movie, which I love, by the way. Like, I, even getting this question made me want to revisit both of those movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I well, I somewhat agree with y'all for me it's always more batman's better like so give me as much as batman as you possibly can so like i i I wouldn't mind seeing either one of them i mean uh live action you know i think in the snyderverse i think if you're going to pick those two under the red hood would be a better in the snyderverse movie to pick out of those two because you got so much so many more characters you can kind of dive into that are a little bit more familiar uh to the common but um i mean for me both of them you know uh so if just say both of them are going to be cast live action. Do y'all have some castings for? Because it's got a, a few of the same characters in each one. Uh, do you have some some casting ideas for special characters in there? I would 
cast. I can't remember his name just because it's been a long day. Um, uh, our guy who's playing Dick in Titans to keep playing his role. I love that. Yeah, I love him because oh, nice. because what I I like about it. Brendan. There we go. Brendan yep, there we go. Um, we've seen him have a dark side in that show. I'm not saying Dick also hasn't had a dark side in the comics, but he he he's got a little more issues in Titans than we're kind of used to, at least I'm used to from the comics. Um, so I could see him kind of easily having that kind of background, especially if we're in this, the Snyder verse at that point, we could see, and, and there is precedent, even in the animated show, we had a melding of Jason Todd and Tim Drake, and we just called him Tim Drake when we all really knew it was Jason Todd, <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah. yeah. So that'd be my well, fan that's... cast. Okay. Yeah. So you're talking about for Nightwing, obviously moving forward. Uh, well, I, had a couple I, I mean, ideas, well, actually. well, I mean, just t- taking up like uh, being the Red Hood at that point. If we're, if I'm going with that, Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson is if we're putting it in the Snyderverse at that point, it'd be that way. And yeah, it would tick off a whole bunch of people because I know Bearded Geek. He's a Jason Todd fan. I like Jason Todd too. He is the the Red Hood, but I'm just going with a universe that we're given right now. Okay, I get that. Uh, okay, so if we're talking about Jason Todd, I had a couple on there that I thought could actually pull the role pretty well. Um, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, Ooh, the guy who right. plays the second lead role. I think there? he could play a good Jason Todd. And then I've been watching, me and my wife have been binging the 10th season of Shameless for the last day and a half. So it's just been on my mind. I'm actually pulling two people from this because if you're doing the Under Red Hood, you're going to need a Nightwing in there too. Uh, I would do uh, Aaron uh Kowski. I don't know if you'll watch Breaking Bad. The guy who plays mm-hmm. Carl, the youngest son, yep. as a Jason Todd, and then the one who plays the middle or the I guess the oldest son, uh, Jeremy Allen White would play. I think he could play a good Nightwing or good. You know, well, I guess it would be it wouldn't be Dick Grayson in the Snyder universe, but uh, there's going to be a Nightwing. Well, there could be a Nightwing if he follows the story. You know, he could change up whatever he wanted to. But I'm just pulling from the characters that are in that uh, movie. Um, trying to think, everybody's cast Bruce Wayne, Batman. <laughs> I mean, that one's kind of old. I'm trying to think of characters. Uh, if it, you were going to do a Mask of the Phantasm live, the Andrea Beaumont. Andrea, yeah. Andrea, yeah. Yeah. Who, you got any ideas for her? Uh, she got to be a good redhead. I was thinking Karen, Karen Gillian, Karen Gillian, the one who plays Nebula. Or the one who plays oh. uh, on the, um, what's the movie with The Rock? The Jumanji movies. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I think she'd be she'd do a good oh job. Oh my god, what's her name? Yeah, she, he, Karen Gill. Yeah, you uh, got it. No, he, no, he's uh, Isla Fisher. Is that her name? Yeah, Isla. yeah, I could see uh, that. I, guess. I think she could she could pull that off as well. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, yeah, no, no. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. And then yeah. everybody else, we've kind of. Oh yeah, I mean, I know she is. She could definitely pull it off. I mean, the, the natural redhead, I think, is the best to, to pull it off in that situation. There's a lot of actresses that are out there like that. I was just thinking with Karen Gillian or Jillian. I don't know how you say her name. She's already well trained in how to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, she's in shape. She's a good actress. And she's kind of right in that sweet spot in her career right now, where she's ready to take parts on like that. And she's I, taking off. I, I think you're really onto something in that, in the sense of I haven't seen her in, in a role kind of like that. You know, where she can play. And Andrea is not a seductress per se, but she she goes through a big kind of changeover from being just you know. Uh, your your typical kind of falling in love at that point, life changes, life you know. It, I don't want to ruin it for some somehow if you've never seen the movie, <laughs> but a huge curve and changes exactly <laughs> her whole attitude towards life, 
and um, makes a big shift. So, yeah, I like that. I uh, really do. Okay. Let's see. Uh, in Trying to think of some other characters. I guess if you're doing another Red Hood, you'll have a Ra's al Ghul, right? Got yeah. a, what about, like, uh, I don't know if I pronounce this right, Farin Taik? The guy from Iron Man who plays the uh, the first uh, in Iron Man One, the oh, yeah. guy in the cave that got mm-hmm. his face burned. Yeah, play a good Raza Ghoul or uh, even Vigo Morrison. Morrison, yeah, Mortensen. Excuse me, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, could play a decent role, I think. He'd crush it. Any ideas? Not that bad. I don't really have. Maybe let Liam Neeson come back. A little blast from the past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if you would, but do a good job with it. Yeah, sorry, I wrote down just a ton of ton of actors, and I sat down and studied this question for a while. I wrote all the characters in all these movies, not all of them, but main characters in all these movies. So <laughs> I have a lot of answers for this one, but um, yeah, I mean that's kind of I think that's the consensus for it. Y'all would obviously if it came out, we'd like we'd see it, we'd watch it, we'd love it. But y'all are more in the camp of leave Phantasm alone, give me Under the Red Hood. I think well, it's a good answer. I, I, could, I, I could live with that. I, I, but I, but I agree with you. I would, more Batman's more Batman as long as it's a good Batman, right? Yeah, I wouldn't stick my head in the pillows and not watch the movie when it came out <laughs> opening night. Hashtag like not that. my fantasm. There, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Well, let's go ahead and move into news then. And um, news, we only got one real story. Well, we got two two stories, but one small one, one huge one, and we'll talk about the uh, uh, Lee versus King. Uh, the controversy going on there. Y'all yeah. know more about this than I do. I read some, a couple articles on it, and I kind of understand what's going on, but y'all are more in the know. So, Chris, do you want to walk us into this one? Yeah, um, Tom King, uh, writer for DC, um, also working with a- Ava, uh, a- Ava DuVernay on uh, the New God script. Um, he is writing a new uh, comic uh, centered around Rorschach from Watchmen, and um, DC had put out he had put out and that making the announcement that week with the quote unquote main cover. And then DC had put out um, the, one of the variant covers, which was drawn by Jay Lee, um, showing kind of Rorschach uh, lifting dumbbells that have Mr. Manhattan as dumbbells. And just he, he's just a very, very just cool artist at that point, how he draws stuff. His his before Watchmen stuff was outstanding. Um, but. King had tweeted out, and apparently he had seen that uh, Jay Lee had done a cover for um, uh, Ethan Van Skyver's one-shot comic, uh, Cyber Frog, uh, Wreck-It Planet, um, and tweeted out basically saying deep disappointment of DC hiring an artist uh, that is basic that is drawing for a comic skate associated project now for those listeners that don't know what comic skate is it's been going on for a while it's basically there's a contingent of comic book creators that say that the industry is forcing diversity progressivism uh you know bringing in like quote-unquote less talent just because they're either a woman or a minority uh, Ethan Van Skyver is a huge. It's probably if we had to put a leader on it, he's one of the biggest ones of it. Um, very obviously, very divisive. I am a huge. I think everyone on this panel could say when you hear those kind of things, uh, none of us are in support of Comicsgate. But um, he kind of tweeted out being dis- big disappointment of J of DC having uh, Jay Lee do this 
because of what he he drew on a noted Comicsgate supporter, and it just blew up. And it's basically linking, basically in so many words, saying Jay Lee supports or is okay with working with Comicsgate people, and just blew up. Now Jay Lee is not pretty is pretty much off of social media in any way, shape, or form. He does have an Instagram, but he doesn't post too much. And so, six hours later, Tom King puts a kind, I wouldn't even call it a retraction, basically just saying he's followed up with DC and Lee. They've had, Lee's, he and he and Lee have had a conversation. It's a misunderstanding. Everything is good. Best possible outcome. That's where he left it. Well, not really. Um, Lee <laughs> comes back, and again, he doesn't use social media. Well, he writes on his Instagram page. Starting off with saying, I'm writing this because I'm angry. These irresponsible tweets are not are not harmless. They do not just go away. They have real-world consequences. They take away your job, your life, your memories. June and I were robbed of a special day. So, no, we're, we're not all good. Um, and he, he says that, you know, this, you know, instead of uh, part of the Internet, which I like to avoid, like the plague, is barging in on my life. I had companies I'm working with calling me, my friends reaching out. I'm seeing hate pouring out of strangers' mouth, accusing me of things I have no knowledge of. I'm seeing firsthand how fast lies are spreading. Let me be clear. I'm not part of any group. This isn't the start of a conversation. This is the, this is the end. So please don't drag me into a world I never want to be a part of, nor will ever want to be a part of. And... King has not followed up on this, so it basically sounds like he and Lee never had a conversation. Um, and it, you know, I'm very disappointed to say the least. I mean, I'm I'm I'd be angry too. It, you know, some backstory: Lee and his wife had lost a, uh, their their dog had passed away due to a surgery, and this was a day they were supposed to be mourning and burying his ashes on the beach. Well, they didn't get to enjoy that day, and so it, it hits particularly hard. But King didn't even. You know, he shouldn't have tweeted this out. He should have just called Lee or called DC and had a private conversation to say, hey, what's going on with this? Do you understand? Like, and don't put this out there because Lee's right. You know, people just jump to conclusions about stuff without necessarily, you know, doing this, especially from someone that has never been linked to this movement whatsoever. You know, and and I like to think better about Tom King as being as, as big of an, a, a comic writer as he is, that he should know better. He should know his platform has his his voice has meaning and has consequences for when he says and does certain things. So it's it's hugely disappointing, yeah. and I really hope that people do believe. And t- and I have no reason not not to. You know, I, I really do hope Lee does not lose jobs over this because that's that's this isn't his fault at all. I echo Chris's sentiments about comics gay. Like, they have no place for anything. Uh, I have that Ethan Van Sire guy blocked a long time ago, so I don't notice his hate mm-hmm. nearly as much. But as Chris said, I'm really disappointed in Tom King. And not only that, he still has Yeah, he does. He, he doesn't. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't even, even take he it didn't down. Nope, it's I'm still up. The, wow. I'm looking at the tweet. I'm looking at the tweet right now. And at the very least, you should delete the tweet. Because clearly you're working on misinformation, you're keeping it out there. Like you like, like I've seen him say so much about fake news and that, and like Fox News mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And you're keeping out this misinformation; it just hurts your credibility. 
I, from every other interaction I've seen him have, it's been nothing but positive. So this is a negative blemish for for me, but it go, just goes to the main thing of cancel culture. Uh, I'm all for people paying for their mistakes, and you got to take responsibility for what you say and what you do, obviously. But you have to get all the information and context matters before you go. Like like Chris said, all Tom King needed to do was call DC, get get Lee's number from D.C. and call Lee and talk to him and have a conversation with him and ask him about this. But this is a few days earlier. This wasn't the day, uh, like, when he found this out. I, I don't know if he found this out yeah, and immediately tweeted or not, but but he he said he made his comments known to D.C., so he could have asked for Lee's number at that point and just contacted him. So I, I don't think that a little glossing over tweet is going to fix anything. I think Tom King seriously needs to, like, he hasn't even really put out yeah. an apology tweet. I think that he sh- should just, like, apologize to Lee and also give Lee some extra work as some of your projects as kind of a makeup for, oh, I don't know I if don't, he'll even accept yeah. that at this point in time. It don't, mm-hmm. it don't sound like yeah. it, but at the very least that, or DC has to be looking out for Lee because this is just unfortunate stuff. It's, it shouldn't be, and it's on Tom King, in my opinion, that all he needed to do like Chris said, let's pick up the phone and call Lee. And the longer signs. King stays silent and doesn't do anything, the worse it becomes at this point. And, and he, yeah, a, a simple tweet's not going to do do it. But he needs to a take it down and huge a huge mea culpa and and fall on his sword on this one because I that's this is just awful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Chris, anything that he puts out, sorry, you Greg, and a lot of the things he's been putting out in the last couple of days, like. Uh, just walking the dog, people have been ripping it yeah. for just a random picture of him walking his dog and him not saying anything like people like, what goes around comes around, you snake, Ethan Van Sire, they've been tagging him in that. Uh, it's just, like like Chris said, you got to say something soon. you just got to fall on the sword and be like, yeah, I got this one wrong. It was it was stupid for me, and I should have like investigated this far far more before putting this out there and having my followers go to time with it. Yeah. Well, the fact that you said that he still has it up, I didn't even realize that. That that does make it so yeah. much worse. I mean, it almost makes it now, if you've had any kind of apology at this point, it seems got to be kind of hollow, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. mean, so, so you know, I'm kind of in Chris's camp with the whole, even if DC, like, the, the offer, he offered me more work or whatever, I'd just kind of throw it back in his face, be like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm done with you at this point. I, I, probably working with you in general at this point. Um, in, in, in fact, at that point, I mean, I don't know. Would it be? I'd say, don't even put, use my variant. I don't. I, I, it may be intellectual property at that point. DC may not be able to do that. But if I were Lee and had any strings at that point to say, no, you don't get to use my cover, not with him. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's like you said. From what I understood of reading it, because I didn't really know a whole know about this comic skate thing, because I, I don't know that stuff never comes across my timeline, so I just never think about it. But when reading the article, I kind of understood what it was. Sounds just kind of like a. A comic book version of racism, you know, um, so which is I guess the kind of the closest way to describe it. Uh, but it it's it's dumb. Why does it gotta bring itself into comic books into literature? It's so oh, I hate I hate that way of thinking. And you know, like you guys said, I think we're all uh, very uh, non-supportive of that movement altogether. Um, I hope that he doesn't lose any jobs for this, but I don't think that he will because I feel like the same kind of people who would maybe not give him a job because they thought of this could also from the same source they got this from see that, you know, 
it was responded to almost immediately and you know it's it's not part of it and i think the the people on the other side that that are so against tom king for doing this uh are, are big enough voice to stand up and, and hopefully he'll be able to keep any kind of work coming his way yeah so but but that's only the real only news other than uh, justice con which we're about to talk about so uh, let's take a real quick break and then as soon as we come back we'll get d- dive into the saturday and sunday of justice con sound good yeah, we'll go with that. Sure. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and we're back. So here we go. We're going to talk Justice Con. There was a... Saturday and Sunday event. I got to watch most of it Saturday at work. I unplugged on Sunday, so I didn't see any of it. So a lot of this is going to be kind of first reaction for me for hearing some of this stuff because I haven't had time to look anything else up either. But I can talk a little bit about Saturday. Uh, I know these two guys basically wrote a book on what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris wrote, yeah. Chris wrote a book. I, I wrote the clip notes. And, uh, I just didn't you. know what gold so, was coming up. Every single question I wrote down, the question sounded halfway decent. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? I got 16 pages when I put it out there. I said, okay, maybe it's a little bit much, but... This was just cool. Yeah. I hear Let's just first thank Wonder Meg, the Nerd Queens. Thank you so much. Just Bravo. thank you so Bravo. much for doing this. You all 100%. worked so hard. Everything was awesome. Just giving us the opportunity. I know you all can say your own thing. I just want to say this was amazing. Thank you so much. Even if it's just a one-time yes. thing, thank you awesome experience that's exactly my same sentiments chris like it was amazing i've seen a little bit of clapback today of people criticizing them a little bit uh trolls is all i can say i, I don't know what i would have done in their position i would have been so hard not to geek out <laughs> and like freak out when interviewing snyder and ray fisher and porter and jay oliva i would have been asking jay oliva about all his movies getting the whole panel sidetracked so like this is the first time they've done anything like this and i think that when we get to the end of this and talk about the Variety article and uh, how Justice kind of stacked up against the Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con at home, I think these ladies really mm-hmm. be proud of what they did uh, and what they've achieved at Justice Con. It was for the fans, by the fans, and I think that going forward, we, I think they may have changed uh, Comic Con mm-hmm. as we know it. To be honest, yeah, with you. I agree. They did such a great job. It was so fun to watch. Oh my goodness. And that's actually the first Comic-Con that I've ever paid this much attention to for that long. Like, it was just so fun. Everything they were talking about was awesome. Uh, easy to get, easy to watch, and you know, really, really fun. So let's get started on some of the panels here. Talk about Saturday first. Y'all want to, I mean, 
we were going to work up to the, the biggest stuff. Do you want to mix Saturday and Sunday in? Because I didn't see any Sunday stuff. Yeah. Well, follow your lead. Tell us what you want to do. I hear you. Yeah. Let's do Saturday first, then minus maybe the last last interview. We'll save that one for last because that was kind of the big tamale, I think. And then we'll do uh, y'all talk. We'll talk about Sunday. So, uh, first one was uh, hey, Todd Todd Rick Rickmere. Yep, from uh, Egg to the People. Okay, uh, I didn't get to watch this particular one. I started watching on the Ray Porter one. So, what what are y'all what are y'all thoughts on this? I'll let you lead. Um. I, I, me, I've only seen the quick highlights of it, but it's just to see how the campaign was put together, and how they notice like the release of Sonic Cut Family and everything they do. I, I just, I, Chris has the whole selection of shirts, <laughs> so just to know how they get things going every time. I unfortunately sorry, I'm a sucker for it. They're uh, so good. It's cool. Uh, you're supporting that. Dude. that that's, the, yeah. that's the main thing. Um, but it's just. Uh, Great start to the, to the panel, to, to the day, too, just to show, because those shirts are a big thing. If you see somebody else wearing a any sort of Zack Snyder's Justice League shirt, any sort of release a Snyder Cut thing, you automatically know you have somebody else, a kinship with yeah. somebody else, so to speak. So it's kind of cool to hear about Instant that. Instant best friend. Yeah. If you're in an amusement park or at a park somewhere, you see somebody wearing one of those shirts, like, oh, you don't want to talk to them. Promise. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just cool, kind of hearing about the process of how the company came about, what he, what they do. You know, I, I think, you know, I think he said at least ten dollars goes to the charity from from it. So I mean, that's that's pretty significant considering, you know, again they've they've done the numbers. Um, I can't remember how old it was, how long ago it was, but they did a huge amount, a huge buildup of everything that's linked to um, that has raised money for the. American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. It's just amazing, and still going. I mean, they 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 give some downtime for some of it, but some of these some of these um, campaigns have gone on forever. I mean, you could still buy the the one from the original Snyder Con where we when we found out this the cut was real. You could still buy that shirt. <laughs> you know, yeah. The the, the the some people haven't believed the cut is real for a while. Uh, I know, Chris. I know, but this was like. I was one of them that believed it too. Before I'm just saying, like we got like verbal confirmation from the man himself. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it was just cool. Give it, I loved it that how they gave him a platform on there because Ink to the People is, is now even bigger. I didn't know about it till you know these movements. You know about that. You mm-hmm. know, same. Yeah, been, been the mainstream informant of everything we've gotten. The ones we come to trust, at least for that matter. Um, all right, so uh, Chris, Travis, anything you want to add to that? That was just a minor. That wasn't mainly into the DC realm. It was more about into the people than it was okay. about DC characters. Okay. Well, let's get into some ideas talking about DC characters. How about the Ray Porter panel? Dark side is this one. Uh, <laughs> it was really, really uh, cool, man. It was cool to see him geeking out mm-hmm. about it because it seemed like he yeah, was it was it out. was his first con. Mm-hmm. That was wicked. That was a great little nugget that he he geeked out several times about it being his first con. And I love how all the panelists thank the uh, Wonder Meg and the Nerd Queens every time they got on. Like the, it seemed more homey than your regular interview. Mm-hmm. 
it seemed like each each of the panelists was able to unwind mm-hmm. with the girls. Yeah, it, yeah, it looked like everybody had a really good time. I, I loved it how you know how, when they asked him like, "What does the role of Darkseid mean to you?" He said he's so honored to be a part of the DC pantheon, have a huge amount of respect for the fans, and from the moment it was leaked, how much the fans welcomed him without even knowing who he was, knowing that he wasn't in the cut and how much like they just gravitated towards them and just how much it means to him even and he was so jokey too i liked it how he said like so it that he showed what was what was his inspiration for dark side he would say like dolly parton or like what was his voice like how much influence <laughs> he had? well i showed up with a helium tank and started speaking like gilbert Gottfried. i mean he he's so cool and how he talked about like Dark side versus Thanos. He said the general consensus seems to be that Dark side would prevail because he doesn't need a special glove. I said that's awesome. Right. <laughs> that was a great love, line. That was a great. Yeah, line. I love him talking about how Mega or Omega beams are so fucking awesome. <laughs> He's like, what a cool, what a cool, uh, cool power to Traffic have. jams. Yeah, would be he, he, n- no longer. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he seemed like he had a really, really good time, man. Uh, dang, there was one point I wanted to bring up about him. It slips my mind now. I'm here listening to y'all. Uh, talk about it, but uh, what else, man? Ray Porter, was there anything else that stood out at his interview? Did y'all enjoyed a lot. He did mocap with Stephen Wolf and the side. Okay, I think that's stood out to me as well because I did not know that he did the mocap with those other two individuals. Just like yeah, there. Damn, I wish I could remember now. I will remember we'll get to the next panelist. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> well, what was something else? Um, he um, he said. He's big in the theater mm-hmm. as well. Like, but, like you could see that just from his every answer of every question. Uh, I just he's half breaking into monologues every time. It's awesome. Yeah, he and how he has a history with Ray. Like he knew Ray when they did when they did Shakespeare yeah. in Oregon. Um, you know, he just uh, obviously he can't talk about what if, what is, and what will be with Darkseid. But you know, he did say, "Of course, I'd want to work with Zach. Of course, I want to do this again." Um, he said it was just so hard to keep the secret, you know, even when we all found out who it was, he still couldn't get it. And I loved it that when Zach made the, made the call and he reached out to Zach saying, can I finally release it? And that same day or that next day, he's like, I can confirm I am dark side. That's wicked. And his, he doesn't know what the voice sounds like as well. Mm-hmm. That was another nugget. Like he, He's like they have to tinker with stuff in post, and he says Zach's people are really amazing. So I, I'll be curious to hear his voice, and he's going to hear it. I, what I think would be yeah. for the first time, probably before the movie, obviously. But he doesn't know the voice right now, which that was another. God, would cool that be thing. cool? I hope, I hope he at least. Go ahead, Greg. Good. I'll say I hope we at least get to hear the voice in the first trailer. That's what I was saying. First, like, official That's what I, trailer. Yeah. Just hear, I don't have to see him. Just let me That'd hear the voice ass. one time. You know, it would be pretty cool. Yeah, he seemed like a really cool dude. Um, I mean, everybody, like you said, it seemed like everybody there was, it was just more like what we're doing right here, having fun, not like a, a more professional type interview. You know, they were kicking it and having a good time. Fans being fans with, you know, what they're fans of. Um, all right, so what was the next uh, next panel was suicide prevention. I was at work, so I did not get to see this one either. Uh, anything big to point out? I know they probably put up some numbers up there about what this has raised. This was the only panel that I missed, unfortunately. So Chris is going to have to take um, a poll. I, 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 going back and forth watching my kids at the same time, but um, they, I liked it how they just talked about how 
what the organization does, how important the amount of money that's raised. And we'll get into it when we get to the, the boss himself, just saying, like, again, the amount of money that's poured into this organization has helped save lives and how gracious they are about this and just going into just what they do every day and that making themselves understand how even like we can look at justice league and, and all the characters we can see trauma on every one of our, our our main characters besides the obvious being you know everyone's got some trauma they're dealing with and mm-hmm. how that could possibly lead towards people you know trauma lead can lead to suicide at that point and it, it, it's such a it's an amazing organization and the fact that we all can have supported it in different ways just bring even just even just tweeting out their organization is just more exposure that saying hey if you you're you feel like you're alone you're not and, and this organization there to help so it was just cool getting them a platform putting a putting a faces to the organization that we just see the organization so but yeah, a lot of good resources they talked about. Just a lot of good to seeing exactly what they do every day. Yeah, uh, you know, always good time, t- good to take time out to recognize those things and to put that out there for people who need it for sure. Uh, all right, next one was uh, Jay Olivia T Bone. You're a big animation guy. Let's get you started. With oh this man! <laughs> uh, first of all, I've seen this sentence several <laughs> times at, after, but Jay Olivia needs his own podcast. And just oh tell rich God. stories. Yeah. Have eight episodes a year. Just tell stories because I was loving this. Uh, I love this, this. I especially love the stuff about how he got the Dark Knight mm-hmm. Returns Part One and Two because uh, I those are some of my top tier animated too. movies. And to to think that he might not have been the person running the show that blows my mind. Now after uh, seeing it, and it just shows like your breaks that you can get. Because after this, he was going on, like, just kept doing the movies. Mm. So that was fun to see. I love how he geeks out uh, with Zach. Like, he's like, I drop anything when Zach calls. Uh, he's just loving it. It was hearing him talk about working with Zach on Man of Steel and doing storyboards. And to hear him be like, I talk to people. I see people on Twitter sometimes saying, like, it doesn't exist. The cut's not real. And he's like, well... I did an awful lot of work on, <laughs> on something that's supposedly right. not real. So he he's like, I'll go in and say something, and oh, I just I just loved it. He basically couldn't help himself, and he just seemed like a big fan, like fanboy, kind of like you or me or Greg. I think that if he's going to release anything or talk about it and be more open about it, this is the best time to do it. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's already out there, but that, yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm <laughs> talking about that, yeah, doing work on something that wasn't really that real. So. <laughs> Um, what about you, Chris? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I recognized it even before kind of like what you said, Travis, you know, I recognized Jay before justice league and BVS from, from animation. So it, it's, it's just yeah. cool seeing him in, I've seen him interact obviously a ton on, on Twitter. So it's just cool to seeing him in, in person live outside of, um, you know, documentaries that are on the, the discs and everything, but just hearing the story of how he met Zach, that was really cool. Um, you know, just he had done some just just getting that meeting and just thinking that he didn't get the job because <laughs> it was like he thought he was late. Um, and yeah. he kind of took him in 
and showed him basically what ended up being the storyboards for us uh, to, to come in and showing him uh, what ended up being Man of Steel. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. Chris. <laughs> Just like, uh, oh my gosh! You... <laughs> I also love that Zach didn't know he did mm-hmm. animated movies until like partway through Man of Steel, and then after he found that out, and I guess he consumed some of the animated movies that Jay did. He used to come back to Jay and pitch ideas to him, like, "What if we do this? What if we do that?" Mm-hmm. He he said that he became more involved in practice after Zach saw his work. I think. Or well, found found out he did animation. I would say that that means like watch some of his work. Oh yeah, and, you know, for me, just getting into all this animated stuff, just seeing him now is is pretty cool. Knowing that all the stuff I've been consuming for so long, and that last few months is basically coming from this guy, and you know, working with Zack Snyder's so great. Have you ever found anybody who's worked with Zack Snyder that ever has anything bad to say about him, or that it doesn't nope. seem like a really cool nope. individual? You know, like like nope. it's so crazy for how much hate Zack Snyder gets. How Anybody who's ever worked with him, for him, you know, around him, does nothing but love. It's it. I don't know. It's weird. It, well, it's 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 okay to, like to dislike like someone's interpretation. That's okay. You know, it's okay to mm-hmm. not like yeah. an interpretation, which we know there are a there is a good contingent of people that just don't like Zach's portrayal of the of of their character of quote unquote their characters at that point. Been over and over again. Okay. You can go to your interpretation that you do love, but you can't say that he doesn't care and get these characters in his own way. Like he has such huge respect for it. And he, and he, the people, like you're saying, the people he worked for, they love him. They're so respectful. And even when we get to Sean, that's one of the biggest problems he said he had is like, they were so loyal to Zach that they were afraid to speak with him and, and, and look like they were disloyal to him by speaking to the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Like I said, this guy gets so much love everywhere, and this this just this whole movement is, is something that started with him. And for you know, it's crazy the support he has. Uh, I mean, Jay. Well, I kind of stray away from Jay Olivia here, <laughs> but Jay Olivia was a great. Uh, it's maybe think about Zack Snyder and it, hidden working with him, talking about how great it was. Uh, all right, do y'all want to save the last two of day one for the end, or do y'all want to go ahead and do just? Yeah, we can save the last, save the last two. two. For okay. The end. Well, then we'll move to Sunday, and like I said, Sunday I unplugged, and I worked outside all day long. So I didn't see anything on Sunday, and I didn't really look anything up either because I wanted to get a reaction so to what y'all are saying. So y'all take it away with Sunday, and I'm just going to kind of sit back and react and uh, discuss it with you. Chris, break down Div and the, the Amazon Queens. Oh, you want me to take Amazon Queens? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Hold on, I gotta get scroll down at that point. Um, so yeah, we had Deborah Snyder and, and Snyder's Amazons. Um, just just a nice discussion of, uh, of Deborah Snyder, and I and it's one of those that it was perfect that that leads into eventually, you know, the diversity panel, looking at diversity in the Snyder universe. Um, but yeah, it, it's just looking up, hearing Deborah's story, how she, you know, didn't think that she would be this involved in Hollywood originally and you know where she's now come to an executive producer a producer role in kind of a mover and a shaker and you know how they basically you know how Zach really wanted to get 300 made and they knew they had to pitch it and sell it from and they knew how to do that because they both came from the ad industry so they know how to pitch they know how to sell things and just where they've gone to and you know I think some of the tidbits you know 
it was just so cool. I wish my daughter was older than three to really appreciate this. I want my daughter to look up to Deborah Sider because how much that she she brings in uh, not just she says I don't bring in you know people women who are already in film school. I give other people like high schoolers, other other kids that are looking into. I br- we brought them onto the set and shadow for like a couple of weeks. Different people giving them exposure if they're interested in this stuff. You know, being available for panels um, to to help encourage um, and and you know just how much she is all about not forced diversity but giving people the opportunities to do this. Um, you know, one of the, if we wanted to get Cassandra to the DC side, um, you know, he she says like Zach loves powerful women and surrounds himself with that. You know, I feel that when we are in production, I see you know, how they kind of play off each other and they, they work together. But I think what was the coolest thing was like, they asked him, what's your favorite scenes of Zach's DC universe? He says, there's two. Um, when Diane, uh, Martha in, uh, Diane Lane, who plays Martha in Man of Steel, young Clark locks himself in, in that moment. And she just is outside and trying to calm him down saying, you know, she, she gently talks to him saying, despite being, you know, you have to be the calmness. You have to, and even though she's so scared, and she says a lot of times we may be paralyzed with fear, but have to be strong and move forward. Then she says, I, "There's another scene in Just League that I can't talk about in too much detail." But Diane, again, Diane Lane, Martha visits Lois after Clark's death because she has not been going out, and it's very, and it's it's a very supportive scene because even though she, meaning Martha, has lost her house, she comes she's coming there and it's not not there to not there to ask for help but to help lois and again just being supportive um and just couldn't mm-hmm. thank the fans enough for everything and just encouraging get be a part of this you want to do something work towards it make make your make your mark so so chris uh uh, Martha's not going to go and make jokes to Lois about thirsty. like getting some being thirsty. We don't yeah, we don't thirsty. acknowledge things that didn't that the boss didn't cut. All right, we don't acknowledge those. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. a big thing coming to this car. Uh, I thought it was wicked. I thought you mentioned as well that she said that uh, they're working with another. They are um, director. They said that they are working with a director, and I know a lot of people have you know started saying like it's Ayer, it's Ben Affleck. I mean. It could be anyone. They re- she really didn't give any hints outside of she can't talk about it. So yeah, it could be either one of them. It'd be awesome, but there was nothing outside of like hinting at one way or another that she just can't talk about it yet. It'd be awesome if it's Ayer. It'd be awesome if it's Ben. Great. I don't. I want. I wonder if it's be- if where she mentioned it at Justice Con. Maybe it has something to do with DC characters. Mm-hmm. Just to mention it. There, maybe she wouldn't even said that they're working yeah. with another director. Maybe it could be like somebody coming in to do a six episode cyborg series it, it, for HBO Max. Like it could be anything, really. You can speculate. It, it's true. They, I mean, they yeah. asked they asked it to everyone. Like, what are you working on next? What are you What are you doing? So, I mean, it, it could just be nonchalant, or as with everything, it seems with the Snyder's, there's always something. Yeah. Do you think it could be something that we may find out uh, in say a month? Sure, or less than a month. Like, if it's tied okay. to DC, sure. Yeah, I have a feeling we found out a lot of information in this con uh, about what was happening in the future and kind of the status of where everything is. I think we're going to find out 
ten times more. Just because, I, well, actually, I don't know. I don't want to say that. I don't want to make it sound like Justice Con is so much smaller because it wasn't. I just feel like uh, you know they're 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 saving like you know we have the tra- we have a couple of big announcements, a couple of trailers that we already know are coming, or a couple of things that are, we already know are coming. So I don't know. I, I think we might find out more about this in the future, uh, near future. Well, to back you up, Greg, uh, our friend and Chris's co-host Travis Snell uh, says that Boss Logic has an end with what's going on with DC at times. He's mentioned it. He said that he broke the Patterson casting before any of the scooper sites did and apparently the tweets are there to show that that's the case uh, and he mentioned he tweeted it, I, I want to say yesterday or the day before that there's going to be a lot of secrets like a lot of things dropping at DC fandom oh, and wait. he made a second tweet saying a lot yeah. like extra made an extra tweet just saying like so many uh, so many things so uh, you could be right there uh, I, I'm really excited I just, again, because DC fandom is happening in less than a month, I'm even more appreciative of Zack Snyder and Debbie for taking the time to do this because they could have easily been like, we have DC fandom, we have to, but they know what helped them get, what helped get them here. And they do this. And when Zack's panel had the most views, had the most people there live. So, uh, clearly he's, he's a, He's a needle mover in oh, yeah. the entertainment world. Oh, yeah. 100%. All right. Uh, well, talk to me about another panel. You know, just did the Am- uh, Deborah and the Am- Amazons. Um, I mean, I can – which one do you want to – which one do you want to do? Do you want to do um, – do you have anything with Clay or, or Fabian, uh, Travis? I don't. I have the okay, why don't you take diversity film yeah. one. Well, Shiraz, uh, Chris Wong. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm tri- blanking out her name. Uh, she did a great sit-down interview with uh, Ray Fisher, two-parter. Oh, I'm blanking on the third co-host. How terrible of me. I want to say maybe Joanna? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm making sure, too. So, so <laughs> bad. I, I, I'm blanking out her name. Uh, but they talked about diversity of Zack Snyder's films, and I really enjoyed Shiraz's talking about Superman being the ultimate immigrant and the ultimate immigrant story. He wrote a very good piece that got a lot of heat, got a lot of mentions and retweets and likes and it was a great, that was a, I want to say at least a year ago, maybe two now, that article, and he touches on it saying how relatable Superman is to him and his journey becoming like the immigrant uh, doing the, like living the American dream. Uh, I, I just love that. That was I, when I read that before, that was like made me love Superman even more. And he's he's big for that reason. And I, I just thought it was great that they touched on that and showed that just so many different people from different walks of life that love Zack Snyder's work. Oh yeah, Chris, you got anything out of this? I have nothing to add to this segment. <laughs> you, so no, I I really <laughs> I'd say this is. This was one of the the highlights of the entire weekend, um, just because of not only the influence that all these panels members had. I mean, uh, they all are just outstanding, you know, either YouTube sensations, podcasters, but they truly 
see something within these films that is so deep, so meaningful. Like it, it, it. it yeah, Chris, yeah, can I just yeah. jump in for two seconds? It's Juanita, Juanita Davis. <laughs> I would have, I would have been so mad if I did, <laughs> didn't. I feel terrible for blanking on it, but um, Juanita Davis. I, I, you're. It, 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 it's something that we just don't get to see in films. That's why I, when people say, "Oh, I just hate." Snyder and portrayal doesn't get it. It's, it's all dark. It's like you're missing so much there, and I love it how Chiraz took it, took the Superman idea and just really personalized it and applied it to so many other people and, and the struggles that you know immigrants have so often, and and how these movies are just more than just superheroes fighting each other. It's more than just the battle of good and evil. It, it, it's it's a deeper meaning at that point for them. And I, if I were still teaching, this would be a panel I would show some of my students, just because it it, it makes it really makes you think, and it really brought a a huge positive light to to films that people say, oh, they're just dark. They're just they just don't get it. Man, mm-hmm. I mean. Bravo to get giving this panel because, it, and they talked about. I think one of the most transcending one was talking about the whitewashing of Justice League. Um, that that was really yeah. really interesting. Saying there's so many people left out of cyb out 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 in cyborg who's representative for those who are disabled and a minority is the obvious example of this. How is that not the bigger story of this of the Snyder cut? Um, they asked like his story. It's not cohesive at all. It seems thrown in. They cut out the heart of the movie. You know, Ray goes on. Ray went on, you know, jump into Ray just real quick. You know, how Chris Terrio and Zach actually allow, like, sought Ray out and say, like, how does this sound? Does this sound like something that you, you know, you as this character and you as an African-American, does this sound, does this I don't want. To, they don't want to sound a cliche. They don't want to sound like a stereotype. They they want to bring real meaning and heart, and just how everything had been cut out with with the Justice League cut of this, and, mm-hmm. and it's so upsetting. And just again, this is this. Like I said, I'll, I'll stick by it. That this was the biggest. This was outside of Zach and Ray and everything like that. This was a a gem that I think if you missed it, definitely watch because it'll. You watch these movies even bigger in, in a much more different light too. I mean, I, I, one one other thing. This was the, I, I highlighted this one. You look at BVS. You look at you know when Bruce says there's a, if you look at the one percent chance that you know he he could turn on us, then you have to take absolute certainty. Very similar to what Dick Cheney says about going into Iraq. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about it like that. You know, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of things to that movie that that are that are more than just like you said, the, the superheroes fighting good and evil. Like, there's so many different layers and levels on that. I mean, they even have the television shows and people talking about it on the media. And uh, you know, what's uh, uh, I keep wondering what's the guy's name? Neil Tyson. Uh, yeah, Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. Yeah, uh, you having him on there and and like the, the controversies they're having on Anderson there. Cooper. Yeah, like it's it's crazy because guess what? That's the kind of thing that it would be like. Like it, it, it's so much more real world than a typical superhero movie. Not saying there's anything wrong with a typical superhero movie, but it went a different direction. I feel, you know, and, and yeah, just adding on to what you were saying there, Chris. Like I said, I didn't 
to clip. Uh, what's the next one, you guys? Uh, we talked about... Uh, let's see, I had a leaf here because I wanted to uh, try to get the um, names there. Uh, let's see. We talked about Snyder's Amazons, diversity in films. Uh, Chris, I know you said you're... Travis, I know you said you didn't have a lot of stuff on the Clay Ends uh, uh, panel. Do y'all want to mention anything about that? Anything you want to bring up about it? Uh, let me look at uh, some of my stuff. Um, they talked... Gotta go through so many pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I made sure to highlight and underline um, things so I knew where I was looking. Um, you know, it was a lot about, you know, it was Clay and his wife, and they talked about since uh, she she's she was actually in post-production um, before she got into her artistry of... You know, making and selling jewelry at that point um clay talked about you know how he got into you know being the unit photographer and how basically he knew he's known he met deborah deborah before she became deborah snyder um in college and that's that's their connection and how a chance meeting going on to 300 set seeing that there's a a position called the unit photographer and then getting on to watchmen and getting that chance to be the photographer on that and just saying it's just that opportunities of pluck and luck again two people that love the snyder so much and just talking about his art and saying you know just what his process is of when he takes a photography he's trying to also capture what the directors were are trying to do in their film and it's about it's not taking the perfect shot. Like he was asked the question, is there a perfect, sh- what is your favorite shot? He says, I, I, I can't answer that because if I do, I can't get better. So there is no perfect shot oh, for me. I keep on striving for that opportunity. Um, so that it was, it yeah, was really, it was really interesting uh, to hear that. And then I guess, um, did you say, uh, did you say anything with Fabian or no? I don't think we have. No, done. I have. I those are the, those are the so, three. Uh, so yeah. So he just kind of talked about you know how you know he's he's a cinematographer. He's in charge of lighting, camera movement, composition. Worked on Justice League. Um, you know, Larry Fong is usually Zach's go-to guy for that. However, he just wasn't available for that, and so they did ask him, "Are you doing any other work?" He says, "Well, I, I do have other projects." Um, if that calls, great, but he has Larry available to him, so I won't be offended if he doesn't call on me to kind of wrap up the stuff, but I know what was done. I know it was shot. He met his wife on Justice League. <laughs> they have a they have a newborn baby. They talked <laughs> about that. Um, how they talked about, you know, what were some of his most interesting shots. He said um, shooting in the... Uh, the quote-unquote waning hanger, hanger bat cave that was really cool he said that was very cool to do and they talked about like the quote-unquote eight camera set up in the wayne hanger he said well i don't know if it was eight cameras but it was kind of a six camera kind of making it move they wanted to keep the camera moving at all times so he talked about how that was assembled um he talked about in the iceland shots how they said you know the iconic it's become iconic that you know jason and the the water coming behind him how that's become like the iconic like hero shot for aquaman he says hey i didn't know that was gonna be it (laughs) it just i just shot it he talked about how hungover they all were when they were doing the shot (laughs) on that day a lot of people were hungover that day (laughs) um but yeah it is you know shooting in imax he said i didn't want to 
Dak doesn't want to shoot anamorphic. He wanted to get away from that, so he can't say too much about it. He just wants you all to see what they were able to do with it. And, and suiting in CG all day is really cool. It can wear on you, but it they they had such amazing CG people working, and he wants to strive to get that lighting right to make that reality good. So, yeah, another person who can't say anything wrong about Zach. But he's, I take back, his other favorite shot was um, getting the scene where Brute, where Batman's on the gargoyle and comes down with the, the searchlight, the, the bat signal. He says that he says that moment was just so cool to shoot and, and get everything right and just seeing, seeing Ben in that costume. He says is it was brought back to being a kid. Can you believe, can you believe that they blocked that out with a tire in yeah. the theatrical <laughs> cut? Yeah. Like, come on. So dumb. Such a beautiful shot. Golly. Um, <clears throat> all right, so there's only two more, I guess, panels for this day. Three. Which... Sean O'Connell's release of Snyder Cut book as well. Yeah, but that was that, that, that one was... and the artist, right? Those are the only two left, right? Well, yeah, well, that one, and then we go into the Fisher and right, Snyder. Right, yeah. I meant for that day, there's only two left, yeah. yeah. Good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Sean O'Connell's, uh, I got to listen to most of that. I've really enjoyed that, talking about how he like found out about the cars how what made him dive into it that his wife was supportive and telling him like if you think you got something here you go write this book loved all that he dropped the word that he was teasing us about for a week uh i thought it could have been multiverse i was wrong it was elseworlds which is kind of along the same lines of thinking that this is an elseworlds story this is in another earth on a multiverse same kind of lot of thinking in my opinion I, I love like chris mentioned earlier that he was scared to uh, everyone was loyal to zach and he, they were scared of what they were going to give up in the interviews so but he he did it he has he said he's also worried that people are going to complain because he's mentioned how many like mentioned so many times about how the movement raised money like for afsp mm-hmm. uh he said he mentions that so much he talks about I just, I just love it. I love how he's he was like more of a Marvel guy, and he's fallen pretty much into this fandom. I I just can't wait to read the book. To be honest with you, even this this has made me even more pumped. He says that he's going to give it ideally like two to three to four weeks before Zack Snyder's Justice League comes out to us. I'm excited for it, man. Uh, hopefully, they'll do it in an audio version because I'm starting to get into audio books and they're pretty fun. So. Oh, <laughs> oh in, well, he's, uh, he's already gone to his publisher because Ray said he would love to, uh, Ray Porter said he would love to do the audio version of it, but he said, I've talked to Sean a couple of times and I've heard him speak and do interviews, so he's got a pretty darn good voice too, so I don't want to step on his toes if he wanted to narrate his own book, but he's already gone to his publisher saying, hey, I don't know what you do with audio books, but I've got a guy that wants to do it and I think you'd like him. So, Dark Side <laughs> might be narrating uh, the audiobook, and that would be awesome. That would be pretty cool. Um, I, I would definitely listen to that. And, and personally, <laughs> sh- I, you know, Sean had what Sean had uh, put out there, just getting all excited, geared up for the the panel. And I replied to one of his te- tweets. I said, uh, you know, if, hopefully you'll get to answer one of my questions. My question wasn't chosen as one of them, or got the opportunity, but he did say that if you don't. Um, don't get your if i don't get to get a chance to go question ask me back on here and i did um my question to him 
was, um, you know, what is your hope with the uh, that the book accomplishes after it releases? And um, he said, you know, I hope it shines a brighter light on the hard work and significant accomplishments of the release of Snyder Cut Family, which I thought was a really great way to end, great way to, a uh, great goal at that point, because that's, I, I think it's going to be a great book. Chris, uh, I couldn't agree more, and that shows somebody that's done the work, got into the trenches, talked to the people, found out everything about the movement before writing an article, because we've had in the past three years some terrible uh, just surface value interviews that don't really go in depth, don't find a movement, like, find out things about the movement, and ultimately paint the movement as just like, a bunch of crazy people. Uh, I've seen so many of those, so many letdowns, like the Comic-Con last year, with the Ben Fritz article uh, that was like sucked the wind mm-hmm. right out of so many people's sales including like JLE that talked to him for that so it's it, it's nice to see like Sean O'Connell's actually the main journalist in my opinion for this and I yeah, can't wait just, to read it but. he's such a down to earth kind of guy he, he really he interacts a lot with the fans he's done a great job and I love it that we got like who his whole story about how the design of the cover came about and he gave that guy a shout uh, who, who's done it at that point and it's just it, he, he's it's so cool that uh, a guy that you know just wanted to kind of look into this at that point and really persevered and man who would have thought, like, his whole book, even before it got out there, just the dream is about to happen. And he definitely says he's not opposed to doing a, a quote-unquote sequel or more to the story. Because the book he put out, he said the um, the book as hit his publisher, he handed it in today. So, Yeah, he said he was, like, he said he could have easily added another chapter. He said every t- every week or two something else comes up that can be added he says so ultimately you gotta pick a time and just submit the yeah. book but now it takes like he said most of the time it takes a year or more for this process but he's hoping to get it out uh, early in 2021 yeah well you know touching on what you were saying there chris about how cool it is to to have something like that come to life for him you know it, it seems like everything that has to do with the snyder cut is only going to be good for everybody involved and everybody consuming it doesn't seem like there's anything bad for anybody coming out of this you know uh, movements of careers more screen time for people visions getting spoken out there the suicide prevention uh awareness mm-hmm. i mean everything coming out of it is good it, it, it's it's crazy well i think that's a good segue too greg into ray fisher's panel because I don't think everything coming out of this kind was good for everyone. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Ray Fisher okay. dropped some bombs this time. Like, there was very little holding back. I just want to say, before we get into any of that stuff, Ray Fisher is a treasure. Uh, he's such a nice, down-to-earth guy. Uh, seems like he has good morals, good head on his shoulders, and is just, just a good human being, to be honest with you. And that really shined through his interview. And it was... If Zach, even if we didn't have Zach's, I would still be satisfied just with the quality of Fisher's yeah. panel. Oh, you even got to see a little bit of Zach on Fisher's panel. That's pretty cool. He, he dropped in on it. Yeah, fun. Uh, thoughts, Chris, on on Ray Fisher. I have yeah. many thoughts. The, the big I have boys now. Many many thoughts. Unload, <laughs> man. Unload. Um, <sighs> um, 
the, I think the key question that he got asked is, you know, what's the difference between Joss and Zach? And he says, there is absolutely no comparison I can make. I put out some pretty strong comments and words I've said about Joss, and, and it's all true. There is a process going on right now that will get to the truth. The man is scared, and he probably should be because he will get. We will get to the heart of what happened on that on the set when he took over. He said it's taken me two years to get to a point where to get the clout to say what I what I said, and we're getting things in place for other people to te- basically testify confidential with confidentiality. Um, I invite he literally he goes. I invite Joss to sue me for libel and slander if I said anything untrue. That is a that is a like the gauntlet was thrown at that point. He says, "Get." He says, "I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I don't need a lot of money." He said, "I." He talks about how he basically lost a job because of trying to get some his. You know, uh, a cat. Yeah, unionized at that point. He was fine with that because it ended up working out in the end for his the other people. He says, "I'm okay taking a stand. I'm I'm willing to do this because what happened on that set was wrong." And he says, "The real hero are are people like Charisma Carpenter and and things like that." I'm just doing. I'm one guy doing what's right. And he says, "John Berg's reaction to my statement was asinine, unprofessional, and tone deaf. That man is scared, and he should be." He said, I'm not scared, mm-hmm. and basically saying, you, you, you want to call me a liar? Fine. I will get on the stand, and let's go, let's, let's go play ball, you know. Mm-hmm. I think he mentioned Jeff Johns just once, yeah, and that was at the start, and I think it's more because Jeff Johns hasn't said anything. He just put mm-hmm. his head down and put his head in the sand and just pretend like if this John Berg fellow keeps taking stupid like path like that, maybe I'll be able to skate by scot-free kind of deal, but I don't think so. After this interview, Ray Fisher is a for blood. I love it. Like Chris said about the saying to Whedon, like, sue me if anything in my statement is a lie. That is the biggest, boldest statement you can make because, I mean, uh, let's be honest here, people toss around uh, lawsuits in the United States, like, in the United mm-hmm. States, like, they're surprise bags. Mm-hmm. Uh there's no end to what you will sue somebody for. So, uh, I had the, I had dental work done. Uh, side <laughs> note, for, for getting a hockey puck in the mouth, I had a dentist take out the rag tooth, and I, the lawyer told me, the couple lawyers I went to see said I wouldn't get the money that they were offering to do the work for free if I sued them. So, uh, they said it paid to be in America. If, if that would have happened. Hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so, I mean, him saying, like, sue me is kind of... I, th- I think him saying that, and then it just getting... If we get no reaction at all from Whedon on it, then that, that does that speak more volume to it right there? I mean, it doesn't make it mo- seem more true with no reaction at all? Or how do you think Whedon... What, yeah. what would... What do you think he should do in this position? Like, if you were Joss Whedon right now, which I hate... Ooh, I don't want to put any of us in that position... First, ew. Yeah. If I think Joss, with as much as we've again, again, we, you know, I've said this on Simple Civil Servants. I think I've, you know, that he is. This is nothing new. 
that he has quote unquote been protected or ice or somehow gotten away with a lot of this stuff is sickening. It, it it's awful, and I think him his silence is that it is him basically saying, "I've gotten away with it for this long." I just hope basically it goes away. it's just yeah. going to go away again. If as long as I don't. If I don't, like you're saying, the ostrich in the sand, if I put my head in the sand, don't say anything, it's going to go away like everything else. So he thinks his mm-hmm. own cloud is going to protect him. As Ray said, we will see the truth. There is movement. I mean, basically, it's almost, it's almost like we're going in front of a grand jury. We're getting, we're going after what happened on that set. And I don't, I've, I'm not about gossip, but gosh darn it. And he says, I can't say any more thing more. I mean, I, he came very close to violating an NDA, and so he's smart enough to know where his, the line is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to just say, too, that people like Andy Signor and Jody, whatever his name is, saying, like, we are sick of this, convince us that we don't think you're a diva, like, made a whole segment about, like, convince us that we're right. Uh, so stupid. I, I think that that's what people, like, your experience when they do come out and try to change something that's normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to see their precious Josh Whedon go. And I want to say to other people that Whedon was on a panel for Firefly for the San Diego Comic Con at home, but that could have been filmed like a month ago. That could have been filmed before Fisher made the initial tweets a couple yeah. weeks ago. So I just want to, if people are saying like he's out there doing stuff, we got to hold the receipts on that until we find out. Uh, when that right. was filmed because this could have been pre what happened mm-hmm. with uh, Fisher and I, I just I love the guy even more like I love how the the, the nerd queens and Wonder Meg were telling him that he was brave and he's like no Chris Carpenter is brave she never had anybody backing her up like I have people backing me up people contacting me it seems like he he didn't outright say it but it kind of alluded to that Spimmers the cast mm-hmm were the ones that called and like said he had the back. And there's a story that has ne- never been corroborated, corroborated yet, but I would love to hear Ben Affleck speak on it sometime, but it's rumored that he tried to stage a walkout like, because of some of Whedon's antics on set, and that didn't come to pass. So, But ultimately, back then, I could understand Ben Affleck doing it and other people like Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa being a little bit more hesitant where this character could make or break your career this could give you mm-hmm. generational wealth like not just wealth but enough money to take care of a couple lines down of your family so there's a lot of mm-hmm. tough decisions there mm-hmm. to make but I, I love Fisher and I love how he's he doesn't yeah. care if he never works again even though I'm sure Zach will change that even if he gets black followed by some of the other people but I just love it. I, I think Whedon needs to pay for it. Times are changing. You can't be the way that he was before. I think that you should pay for it, even if things have changed now and they weren't that way, I'll say, back in the Firefly days or the Angel days. Things have changed now, and you can't act the way he did on the 20th. It wasn't even, say, I'm not saying you think it right. It wasn't right then. It's not right now. Um, and, 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 no. Oh God! And, and no. We no. we all are in agreement of that, and, and I like that he even calls out saying that you know some of the cast has reached out and said if you need anything, I'll uh, I'll do there. And he told him saying no, don't put yourself out there. You know you don't have to, you don't need to. I'm okay. 
And I think that that kind of he's truthful when he says it. He's not trying to he's not going to throw his cast under the bus because he understands the difference between him and them. And he knows he has their support. And just like, you know, John Boyega uh, promoting Black Lives Matter and the things he's saying, guess what? He's protected because he is an outstanding actor. He's standing up for what is right and what needs to be fixed in this in the world, in the country, in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Ray Fisher. It, it 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 it's it's gone on way too long. And yes, I'm a white man speaking about this. I you know I have never had those moments at that point. And I think we're all saying you know again things as you said, Travis. Things times are changing this we can't this is wrong then it's wrong now it, things need to change and i hope we find out what it is and i hope the people responsible get what's coming to them mm-hmm. well you know going yeah, back yeah. to what you were saying earlier about you know bravers you're talking about how you can sue me it's fine not needing money and and uh, you know not having kids or, or it, none of that to me even really matters it's it's, it's it's an integrity thing you know like being able to do something like this has a lot of integrity and uh, you know, integrity and morals run hand in hand kind of together. You know, once you compromise morals, you lose integrity. And it seems like he's following a moral compass and doing what maybe he's experienced more in his life or what he feels like is right. But he's stepping up when maybe he didn't have the clout to do it. And you're right. It is so great to see uh, a bigger movement, bigger push behind him now and see what he started. And I am interested to see what exactly is going to unfold with all this. And, you know, like we were talking about a super civil servants the other day. I, I don't. I, I'm not calling for Joss Whedon's head because I don't know the story, but if this stuff is true, I do hope that it's not one of those things that slaps slips under the rug or it's just forgotten about or nothing happens because that is what always causes more problems, and that's just showing no progress in moving forward in any kind of way. You know, like even if you caught him red-handed and then nothing happens, then where are we? Like, what what's the point? You know? But for me, right, this whole thing with Ray Fisher, it's a big integrity move. Um, I mean, he's, he's got some balls, man. And he, he's willing to stand up for what he believes in and stand up for what's right. And you're right, Travis. I would like to hear more about, I don't know if it is a rumor, but I'd hear something about the walkout with the Ben Affleck thing. I think I saw something on the internet. I have no idea if it's true or not, but if it was, I would love to know details about that. Um, even though that is kind of gossipy, it'd still be fun to know. But maybe we will. Maybe that kind of stuff will come to light the light of day, you know, with uh, any stuff that may happen in the future with uh, Mr. Fisher. So we'll see. Uh, anything else you wanted to point out about Ray Fisher's interview? You want to go ahead and move on to the big? Let's get to the main, main event. event. The biggest interview. All right, cool deal. Zack Snyder. I actually got to sit down and watch this whole thing. So this is one that I can comment on. It was really, really fun. Um, nothing happened. What are you talking about? Yeah, n- nothing happened. I, I love the way Zack Snyder, Snyder handles interviews. <laughs> you know, because... You can tell that when he's talking, he wants to just keep going on and on. And he, like, if you didn't stop him, I think he's he's kind of like me, but way more well spoken. If you don't stop him, he just keep talking. Well, you know? and I just want to know what he's going to. Well, the thing is, it's interesting. I can't remember Travis. Maybe I can't even remember the podcast I was listening to this weekend, um, or even or later before Justice Con, saying that you know Zach. It might have been someone on this panel uh, too, saying that you know Zach amongst the fans and, and even with interviews, he's. He's, it's taken him a while to get to that point. He was not like that originally, not because he was just our way. He just didn't know what to do and how to say and how to handle certain, like, just be the bet. Like, what you're seeing right now is a much different Zach than when you saw, like, Dawn of the Dead Zach, you know? And, right. and so oh, yeah. it's taking him a while to learn and to grow with this. 
and, and to become kind of the interviewer and the and the kind of fun guy who hang who basically entertains the fans. You know, said, "Hey, guess what? I got an hour. I'm just going to put out there and Vero this stuff and see what happens." Or you know, I'm just going to go to the gym, put this out there, let the bomb drop, and oh yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, so. I like to hear that. I, I can't remember where I heard that. It could have been at Just Gone. It could have been a a, a, a podcast I was listening to, but that was interesting to hear. It could have been a podcast you were on. Oh, God. <laughs> so many now. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Oh, uh, Go ahead, Travis. Give us thoughts, man. Snyder. Oh, just love that. Uh, I just love how excited he gets about talking about these characters. You can tell how much he loves the characters. I think we're all going to get into some of the highlights, but what he said when asked about using anything that Josh Whedon shot was so funny to me. It was amazing. It was how any artist should feel. It it just was so funny. But I also loved the fact that he put it out there on record that A, it was him and Debbie's decision to leave because there's been a lot of he was fired Mm -hmm. rumors. And B, he didn't get the chance to pick who they replaced him. He didn't pick Josh Weed. But are you is anyone surprised by hearing this? Like we we're, we get the confirmation, but just like he, seeing everything we've seen and hearing everything we hear, are any of us should be surprised that they they did not give him any sort of saying, "Hey, who would you like to do this?" Considering what right. was going on behind the scenes against him to begin with. Chris, I don't think if, if for any of us that paid real attention and been in the thick of the movement, I don't think there was that much that was new information to us uh, this whole weekend. I think it was more a celebration of getting stuff that we knew about, maybe a little well, bit more, but getting most of the stuff we knew about on record from like his actual like mouth because a lot of the stuff, even the black suit Superman clip that we'll talk about, we've seen that before. We've known kind yeah. of what it is about. We didn't know much, but we got Zach telling us that. Like, well, what I mean by that, that is just like I don't mean like getting new information. I'm just saying by the actions that we have seen and heard about that, like, like I said, this fit, this oh, fits with the pattern. Right That's what I mean that, yeah. by not being surprised. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean by not being surprised. Not like saying, "Oh, Zach didn't bring anything new." That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that's I'm saying like it fits the pattern we have seen. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And yeah, uh, Travis, I agree with you, man. That him talking about uh, not using the, anything that he had didn't film was one of the best parts for me. I especially love the way he says that. He says, "I will fucking blow this film up. <laughs> <laughs> or, I, will I would destroy that <laughs> before I use anything I'll that I was have not shot." I love that man. Uh, that's that's a that's going to be a famous quote for me right there. Zack Snyder, and then the, my second favorite part of the I loved the, I loved the Nerd Queens and Wonder Meg's reaction to yeah. that as well. Mm-hmm. Because they're hearing this same time as us, and they're shocked, yeah. like we are hearing that, hearing that he would say that. But he was kind. I shared with you guys a little clip of Whedon being on this telethon with people like Hector Navarro, and uh, they're they're list laughing about Zack Snyder, and they're making jokes like solely to mention Zack Snyder's name. So uh, I think anyone being mad at Zack for saying this little thing. He never even mentions Josh Whedon's actual name. 
when he's saying that about I wouldn't use any, he says I wouldn't use anything shot that I didn't shoot. He didn't say I wouldn't use any of Whedon's garbage footage. He doesn't say anything like right. that. That's what he so should have said. So I just want to get out there. That's what he should have yeah. said. He has every right after everything that's been hurled at him. But I just love like when Snyder Cut was announced, Hector was saying the bullies win when there's video of him two years earlier being yeah. bullied. So it's just, just quite funny. A funny I, I hate that Zach got any flack for this. And I just love that he started dropping F bombs yeah, even yeah. before his <laughs> panel. Like when he got on Ray's panel he he said that right away when he got in and I was just like, Okay, nope, he feels a lot more at home than I watched it even with Grace. Yeah. Well, I, just going back to Ray's panel, quick. I love when he dropped in on Ray's panel because I was like, just popped right on. I think Chris, you messaged me like Zach's know, on yeah, Ray's panel, so I got on real yeah. quick because I wasn't watching the whole thing. <laughs> I got on real quick and I listened to a little part of it, and then Zach got off and like I love how Ray Fisher was like, "God, I'm so glad that guy's gone" or something like that. It just shows how good <laughs> friends they are, you know? Like just the jokes between them, and they have such good chemistry. Together. They were just ribbing yeah. each other. Yeah, it was so great. I- um, but yeah, th- that part, him talking about the not using the other film, um, and, uh, he, I think he even called it Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, did. Like, he might've said Frankenstein's fucking Frankenstein's monster cause he was dropping a lot he, of F-bombs. Again, you get him liquored like, up uh, just a little bit. A he'll, he'll start being free, free form with, uh, his, his language. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Would you, would you guys think of him saying like a lot of it is restoration work? Like tons of work with OG Steppenwolf design. Can't wait to see. And that. you can even see that restoration work with the scene that we get here, because we had this kind of leaked uh, leading up to the movie or after the movie was in theaters, but before the physical release. I think this was a little like deleted scene, if I'm not mistaken, Chris. Uh, what we got. I think uh, well, I mean, yeah, and in the before. theatrical cut, it was put in as a deleted scene, but with the yeah. with the color suit, the not scene. the black yeah. suit. Right. Yeah, they have the color change because I'm pretty sure either they filmed in the blue suit, blue they filmed in the blue suit, Chris, or did they film in black suit? Snyder filmed in the black. I think suit. Snyder filmed in the black. Snyder, suit. Yeah, like he like he said before, he's yeah. not putting up any. We saw what we saw. That is what he filmed. So. Yeah. But he, but he, he actually made a deal with the studio because they did not want to see the black suit that you could do the color changes in post and make it seem like the blue and red suit, which was a way to appease yeah. them, I guess. Why would they not want to see the black? Because suit? they don't. I just don't understand be, their decision. Because this is they are, and again, it's okay. This is a studio. We've said it before. It, the studio has to look out for money and things like that. I get that. They're not trying to appease the fans they're not trying to do that they don't get these characters they're not trying they're not their purpose is not to get the characters their purpose is to make as much money as possible at that point and if they get the if they get the extra thing as the fans being on their side awesome you know but you know they this is just not their business so they said oh black suit superman evil suit i mean we got a great right now evil superman you know (laughs) yeah well speaking of the man the man, Dan Jurgens had to tweet out, have to say that clip Zack Snyder release of Alfred meeting Superman in the black suit mm-hmm. is absolutely yeah. awesome. So that is the yep. guy, the um, black suit yeah. guy. I, I, I want to talk about the new shirt, boys. <laughs> yeah, let's um, do it. So yeah, so we got on the front, we've got Justice League with some Roman numerals. I think the thing we're leaning on that I've, I, I, I think what we're leaning on, the Roman numerals are the dates of produ- the years of production from when Justice League went into production 
to 2021 when we will get a release. I know some, I know Travis, you were saying it could possibly be the release date. Um, I think April was, you know, what they're kind of leaning on as the idea for the release date, but I think it's, it's the years of production. And then on the, yeah, I think you're right, Chris. I think that was just people. Yeah. You know, we've got, no, can't blame them. Can't blame them. Um, We've got an A (laughs) for autumn, his, his, his daughter. Um, you know, the, mm-hmm. the page, you know, the, the, like the, the bent page, you know, I, I, what was that supposed to symbolize? I think it was, um, you know, the, you know, page being marked. It's just like, it, we're, we're not done yet. I could be just completely mistake. Turn the page. Yeah. Turn the page. Turn the chapter, page. Yeah. Uh, Justice League on the front and the back says associate producer and underneath it, a blank mm-hmm. where he basically said, you fans are the reason this is happening. You are part of this, whether you have just tweeted, released the Snyder Cut, or you have bought from Ink Save the Pe- Ink to the People. Um, you are part of this movement, and so he says, "I'm going to give a thousand of these away at DC Fandom. We're going to put up a link when they're ready. You get it for free. I'll ship it to you free. Ship it anywhere in the world. You'll a thousand free." And then either the next day or later that day, they're going to go up on Ink to the People. And so he, but he pointed out that blank space, that's where your name goes. But I don't want you all doing it wrong. I don't want you all sloppy at that point. So he's going to post on Vero and more than likely again on Twitter a video of how to do this with what the right pen is, how to take care of it, things like that. Because he says, I want you to be proud of this. And I want you to wear a pipe. Mm-hmm. So. We've all started doing this. I've done it on my my profile as Chris Balaga, hashtag associate producer, because we're associate producers of this. Everyone who's been a part of this movement, anyone who's just recently come into this movement, you're an associate producer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed Scott from DC Films Podcast yeah. has well, it. I had to tell her, Travis had, uh, Snell had messaged me and asked me, I haven't seen this around, what's going on? And so I had to explain to him what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> But but Tim, but Tim uh, from Squadcast it, it is a little classier than I guess some of us. He put put just AP. So I, but Tim is classy like that. So Tim very classy. Like I'm not saying that with Patty any Jenkins, sarcasm. So. He is a very classy guy. So I that, that totally fits him. Putting as just he is the AP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he he is followed yeah, yes. by Patty Come Jenkins. On. So that kind of makes sense. Can't argue with that. But AP one. Yep. It's such a cool shirt. I don't know if I don't even care if I don't get be part of the thousand. I'm buying this shirt. There's no question about that. Oh yeah. Oh, it's gonna be impossible. I think to be part of the thousand. I think it's gonna be like uh, if you're not ready with your phone and quick on the links and got a good connection. I don't think you're gonna. We all might be stopping our live stream that moment to just see if any of us can get it. (laughs) After. Like especially after seeing like how this uh, can reach people compared to like San Diego Comic Con at home was going on at the same time, and I've seen a lot more articles from Justice Con that I did from uh, San Diego Comic Con at home, especially from like Variety and the big mm. trades have clouded onto Snyder's work, and I, I think that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I think this is his time right now, man. I think he's the biggest thing. Like, what's going on with this is the biggest thing going on in comic book cinema right now. I mean, just in general. Not saying there's anything wrong with Marvel. They're just they're at a da- downtime right now with COVID nineteen, and you know, having that breathing time after 
the Infinity Saga, which I totally understand. They've taken a small break. They're getting into television shows. I think this is the biggest news out there, and I think that it shows, based on just what you were saying, the different results from between Justice Con and Comic Con. You know, the virtual views from them. Um, what y'all think about the picture behind Zach? I know Chris, me, and you spoke about this. Uh, do you think he intentionally had it blurred where you couldn't yes. see it? Where you could just kind of see it and, and kind of make out that there's Wonder Woman standing in front of a group of people? Like, that, that's got to be what it is. Like, th- that's, I can definitely distinctly make out Wonder Woman in front of people. It's supposed to be, like, the, an alternate shot for Wonder Woman, like, the original Wonder Woman, isn't I, it? Like, that's what I, I heard. I, instead of, I think it's I, I agree. League. I agree with you. I think we yeah. both agree on this one, Greg. I think it's the League because he was very coy about it because mm-hmm. he said – because oh. someone asked about it, I think either one of the panelists, yeah, one of the either Meg or or the the nerd queens asked about it, and there was like he's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that right now. Like, well, that's something else. <laughs> like he didn't want to talk about. It. Like yeah. if it was nothing, if it was something throwaway, he would have brought it up. But I I think it's the league. I think it's the league in the 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 idea of what we we see as a photo from Wonder Woman. That's, yeah, like in the same style, like as far as them standing that way. So let me ask you, when you say it's the league, do you think it's do you think it's seven or do you think it's six? Like if he has a poster, do you think it'd be like, because, you know, we were talking about this the other day about it's always been about Unite the Seven, the Seven, Seven, but there's only been six characters so far. We know Martian Manhunter's cast as a character. That's got to be the seventh, right? Maybe. Like, I mean... I just don't see a point. I just, I just don't Perhaps, see who else. Who else? You, I mean, you could probably put a lantern in there, but you don't have that. Well, we haven't seen that written into anything else. At least with Swanwick, you know that it's already out there that he's Martian Manhunter. I'd like to see that. It'd be cool to see the seven of them line up. You know. I just gotta say, if Ryan Reynolds is announced as being in this on DC fandom, pretty sure Twitter's gonna implode. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably, but you know what? I'll celebrate. I'll wear my ring. I'll put my ring on that first day. <laughs> it it, so it would be happens. interesting. You know, I think they talked about it a lot, like Green Lantern. I, I, I would love it to be John. John Stewart would be awesome. John Stewart Same, would be that's awesome. one I would I like. Agree. I agree. It would be very, very awesome. He's, he's just fantastic. And for a lot of people that grew up on the animated shows, like Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, he's their Green Lantern instead of it being Hal Jordan. So uh, I would be all for that as a big fan of animation myself. Yeah, 100%, man. Well, only time will tell, man. we got less than a month away before that starts. Uh, and speaking of in less than a month, you know, we <clears throat> he had mentioned in the interview uh, with uh, Grace Randolph mm-hmm. that her – yeah, he mentioned the inter- with the interview with her that he was going to have a clip to show us what he did, which was the first live-action Batman – or not Batman, Superman in the black suit, which – I'm not gonna lie. When I first like first saw it, I thought something messed up. It was only like a, well, maybe what ten seconds. Like I thought it was gonna be a bigger clip, and I thought it was gonna be a different clip. Like when I saw the first with the whiskey glass, I was like, "Oh, I've already seen this clip." But I hadn't seen the black suit. And the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, that was really cool." And the more and more I went back and watched it, the more I liked it because that black suit looks mm-hmm. really, really good. <clears throat> but um, that was one thing that he brought up, and then he said he was also gonna have uh, an announcement. And he didn't really announce that he was making the announcement. I think the shirt was the announcement. You think so? Because yeah, for the one that he teased at Justice Con. Anyway. Okay, I mean that's possible. I think the announcement was him t- saying that at um, Fandom he's going to have a trailer, an official name for the movie, 
and you're going to get uh, them telling you whether it's going to be an episodic show or let's let out as one long cut, one cut movie. Because he did say that at yeah. the very end. I think that might have been the end. I think it's going to be. What do you guys it's, think it's going to be? If we're just, I think yeah, it'll be it's episodic. Be. Here. I think it's going to be episodic as well. I, I like the idea. Of, I'd rather see it in one long movie, but the thing is that they give it to me in you know seven episodes or eight episodes, I can watch it as one movie if I want to. I'm sure they're going to sell it as one movie, too, as one long cut, too. I feel like you oh, can get I'm more out say, of it. I'm sure they'll have a steel book yeah. of it. I just think you can get more out of it. You know, if he really... If he has five hours worth of stuff, well, it's easier to put five hours worth of stuff and sprinkle a little extra in there if you have seven episodes to tell it over as opposed to trying to do it and squeeze it down to a three-and-a-half-hour movie. And he's not compromising. He's already said that. So, no compromise. No compromise. No compromise. Uh, trailer coming out. Do you think it's going to be a teaser, like a 30-second teaser? you think it's going to be like a full-out two-minute trailer? Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to get like the two, two-and-a-half-minute ones, but I think we're going to get more than, you know, again... He people were upset. Oh, that's all we got. Saying, dude, he didn't have to give us anything. He gave us something, and, and uh, yeah, we some of us have have seen it and seen fan edits and putting it in there at that point. But it's still it's his cut of it. This is what he is doing mm-hmm. out there. So yeah, we're gonna get something more. Uh, he he kind of I think he hinted with Grace that it's gonna be more. I think it's more of an announcement. More announcements coming at fandom than what we got here, and that's fine because it's the bigger it's quote unquote the bigger audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The money, because they're planning this the same as an Xbox reveal or a, a, the PlayStation like live stream type thing. So I think this is where DC is going to be. All the panels that have been announced, I, I think that DC is going to see the way that Justice Kind was handled and is going to keep going from that. I, I, I can see Zack Snyder's uh, panel on DC fandom even doubling the size and it has over 280k views in less than 48 hours so that's just from a like fan driven con like i said it got articles out of variety when stuff from sdcc never never even yeah moved i I think they were saying the the uh, they said there was 117,000 people viewing Mm -hmm. when snyder was on was that, maybe a little higher. I'm not. I thought they said 117,000. I'm not sure. That's a lot of people yeah. watch it once. A little bit. Um, all right. So, trailer. What do y'all got? Any ideas about the official name? Because I honestly didn't know that they were. Yeah, that was a little surprising. I, that I like Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think that's cool. I'm like, I'll call it Zack Snyder Justice League. Can't, any day of the week. I think it's pretty cool. Can't we just call it Justice League and accept it as the true Justice League? Yeah, I mean, you could. You could. I'm okay yeah. with that. I I, I, like I, I agree with that. I wanted to be called Zack Snyder's Justice League, but he seemed he seemed kind of cagey about that. Like interestingly cagey. I like yeah. Snyder Cut too. Yep. I like Snyder Cut. Yeah. That, that's a good one. Ooh. You think it's going to have anything to do with Snyder, or it's going to have nothing to do with just something total justice, whatever, or you know, apocalypse war? I th- uh, I, I think it's going to be either Zack Snyder's Justice League. I, I'm still sticking with Zack Snyder's Justice League, just because that. That there's a, I mean, Scott said it best. Scott and Tim said it best when that shirt premiere or that he premiered that logo, you know, way back before we knew this. This was, this was a brand. He has established his brand. He has been allowed to use this as his brand. So he may be just throwing some misdirection, but I, I really do think he. he uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stake it as Zack Snyder's Justice League because that's what we know it as. Okay. And I think Chris from even from this, I don't think anything 
after Zack Snyder's Justice League is determined yet. I don't think anyone can concretely say this is just a one-off. And I don't think anyone can concretely say that there's going to be more coming after this. I think that this is a, depending on how this is received, but if this is received well from everything I've heard of him talking about with Elseworlds and Snyderverse, I can see if this is like a huge hit for HBO Max, which I'm going to give them credit right now. They're marketing this very yes. genius yes. right now. They're, they're, they're basically building this up to be the Titanic. So at the very least, it's going to draw numbers to the subscription service even for the duration of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think if this is a big hit, we could see a little bit more to this story told because of the grammar they're being, they're being laid of saying this is an Elseworlds story, this is in Snyderverse. I think they're saying that DCEU's gone off and branching off into beautiful, like, separate things. So I, I would really love to see that. Yeah. Forgot. <laughs> mm, dang it! I'm, I hate when I have something. Just, I want to just, say inter- just interrupt us. We won't. We won't hate you. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, we're we're okay with that. <sighs> I can't think. Of it. I don't want to show up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Justice Guy was great. Don't mind Zack Snyder. Uh, just like, oh, I had something so good I wanted to say. Well, I can. I'm sitting here writing stuff down too as I'm going. He, I don't write he, down what I want to say. He, the, uh, he did. He, the question. One of the questions was asked is, um, you know, like you said, we'll know. We we will know. The time? Did we say that that we'll know how long it will be? I he 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 said he that. Said a, he uh, said yeah. official name. Yeah, yeah. He, he said that? we will. Yep. Did he give an official time? Was it that was with the, in the the Grace Randolph no. interview? Right? He said he have an official time. No, no, no. He said he, he told, told Grace, Grace but he told the thing we will have a runtime. We'll have we'll have a runtime. Um, yeah. I'm almost certain about. They got to check back. I got to see the decision. Um, I'll check on that and make sure I don't want to put it if it's wrong. Um, there'll be a teaser. We will have a name. There'll be more footage to be seen at fandom. So maybe not the time. Um, whose decision was it? To, no, we already answered that. Um, oh, yeah. Will there be additional footage done when COVID is over? He said, well, we don't know when that is. But he, he, he basically says, I can't answer that. <laughs> right. So he's leaving it open. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, this is... You can't say for sure either way. I think also this is going to change the game with this and DC fandom. I think we're going to get a Disney type thing in the future with which have a day for Marvel, have a day for Star Wars, etc. I think that we're going to see each individual property go off on their own now. And this could be part of, this could be another nail in the coffin that is San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. I remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down, I wrote it down this time. But you were talking about before, Travis, about them them judging the future of this Snyderverse and what they can do in the future of this and how successful this is. I think that they're already they're already uh, betting on it being successful. I think the stuff we're seeing with Boss Logic, because like I said, he usually has the in on a lot of this stuff. And I know sometimes he throws some stuff out there to tease, too. I think that they are 100% working on getting Ben Affleck to do a Batman series on HBO Max. And you know what? I don't care if it sounds crazy. That's what I want to believe because I want to see it so badly, and I'm going to believe it until they tell me no, it's not happening. Because we haven't heard anybody say no, it's not happening. We've never heard anybody say it's happening either. It's been pictures, but uh, that's the direction I'm. Well, the last thing we've seen, Greg, is he retired from Batman. So uh, let's hope that you're right. I'd love to see it myself, but only if he's in a Michael healthy. Jordan came out of retirement place. and won three championships. Just saying, you like that, didn't you? The most, something's going on here <laughs> when you're trying to quote Michael Jordan. Yeah, I don't. Th- 
I like Michael Jordan. I don't, I don't, don't you think I don't like Michael yeah, I don't, Jordan? I, I, I'll <laughs> say I can't find in my notes if you said runtime, so maybe that's just a hope. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, I, don't, I don't remember him saying they would have an official runtime, but they may. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, even I, – I, I, we'll I know that we'll, we'll for sure yeah. know. Well, that, I, think that's, I think that's yes, where I got yeah, the confusion yeah. on is that one. But um, I, I would I would be surprised if he does a runtime there too because he's still not done yet. Even at Fandom, he's still working. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, too, he may not give you an exact runtime, but he may, like, say they say it's going to be episodic. He's like, okay, it's going to be eight episodes, and they're all going to be between 45 to 55 minutes long type thing. And that at least gives you an idea of what they're going to be doing. So, I don't know, man. Well, uh, y'all got anything else you want to talk about, about uh, Justice Con? It was an awesome event. I hate that I couldn't watch all of it, but I had to work. And, you know, life gets in the way, but I got to watch a lot of cool parts of it, and Luckily, I have fellows like you keep me informed and take, you know, two subject notebooks of notes full of notes on these. That only will be that only be worth something to us. I don't know, man. These things are going to be in a museum one day. What are you talking about? It's going to be there, man. People are going to want to read them. (laughs) The the Balga memoirs about Justice Con. (laughs) All right, cool. Well, uh, if we're done with Justice Con, then we only got one more segment. But before we get to that segment, let's go ahead and take our last break here and. We'll be right back. And we're back. So, uh, we were going to talk about two shows tonight, the folks. We normally talk about Doom Patrol and Stargirl, but we are running a little late because we talked for a while about uh, Justice Con. So, we're going to actually punt the Doom Patrol. And what I'm going to do is recommend that you go check out the Super Civil Servants podcast, which it recorded last Friday evening. Uh, you can check it on YouTube if you want to look at it right now. Well, actually, by the time you hear this recording, the audio version will be out as well. So, check us out, Super Civil Servants. All of us were there. We were talking about Doom Patrol. So it's kind of rehashing the same thing. We wanted to give you something fresh. So we're going to talk about Stargirl tonight. And uh, let's get things going. I'll start with this one because I was a little weak on the Justice Con stuff. This was the first week that I didn't feel like it was the best episode yet. Like every every week that's happened, I feel like, oh, that was better than last week's. Oh, that was better than last week's. Oh, that's the best one yet. And I, I enjoyed this episode. It just didn't blow me away. It was a little slower. No action. A lot more heart in this episode, and a lot of questions answered in this episode. Uh, there were a couple of moments that made me kind of want to, you know, shed a little tear, and uh, a couple of moments that made me really, really proud. And I'm really excited to talk about this week. Like I said, it wasn't uh, wasn't the best, but it was still a really good episode. So, what do you think, Travis? I'm so glad I don't have to pretend or hide Courtney's lineage, lineage from you anymore. <laughs> uh, I've ruined that by reading the comic for myself. Uh, it goes right along the lines of Stars and Stripes uh, with her father. This episode has a lot of heart, like you said, is not the most action-packed, but I think this is just building us. This is setting up the off, the, the jump, the ramp for the final two episodes, and we are on a perfect course now. We know the, the heroes know about the villains, the villains know about the heroes. Uh, the plot for the villains is known, and everybody is about to get down. Uh, I just thought Courtney Bree Basinger, uh, like her skills as an actress really shine through in this episode. She's so broken a couple times meeting her father, and I I just love her and Pat's relationship comes to the forefront, especially if you go from the pilot to now. Uh, It just shows how far they came in such a short time. Uh, I'm a sucker for these episodes, and I gotta say, there's one thing that when we get into the episode I want to talk about they they told a story and part of the story had 
a like very generic hero trope in it, but they did not stay on this trope for very long. They just touched on it. They might have used ten minutes of it, and then they like set the character forward. Whereas uh, CW fans, I've seen the Arrow go through this. I've seen Flash go through this. I've seen Supergirl go through this too. I think. Uh, where the character doesn't believe in their self, themselves mm-hmm. and either don't have their powers or don't have the motivation to be the yeah. hero. I just love how Star Wars, Star Wars, uh, Star Girl <laughs> dealt with that rather quickly. I agree. 100%. When that was happening, I was like, oh, it's sitting drag out forever. Chris, what did you think? I overall, liked it. Man? You know, again, we, we have to have these episodes. We only have two more episodes left. Um, I'm glad we've, you know, now, mo- you know, I'm glad the idea, you know, the last episode that mom knows and you know but she's seeing that you know is she's your daughter's not crazy and you know wanting to put herself in harm way but you know i'm glad just her father's a biological father is worthless pos and uh be right it does line up with the comic and in that point and so happy when he gets slugged <laughs> you know uh, yeah. That that was such a a great moment for Pat to do that and show how really he's just a good dad at that point and he and he wants the best and just everything he said like you got to you know you just you're just walking away and you just broke your little girl's heart at that point just because you want to make a quick buck you know I I, I see through you I know mm-hmm. people I know who you are mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it, it's definitely a setup and I'm so I like. I liked how it ended in the sense of like she, the staff, it's Pat saying, you know, the staff, it's not because the staff, staff always knew you weren't his daughter. It was because of what you're, you need to believe in yourself and you don't believe in yourself. You don't know what you have to do. And when she immediately came up saying, I can't do that. I need you. And she realized that she needs her family behind her to, to believe in her. Mm -hmm. And she has to feel that that's such a great hero moment. You know, just her her recognizing yeah. that she has to believe in herself, but she knows that she, knowing that she doesn't have to hide, except from I guess maybe her brother now. <laughs> um, he's the only one that kind of doesn't know in the family, yeah. so that's going to be awkward. I think oh, he's yeah. about to though. I really yeah. do think he's about to know. Uh, but you're right with with that scene at the end. You Travis just going right to it. You're right. I love how they didn't spin forever on that that they they nipped in the bud it's over now and i love how they set that up the whole episode of the family being the answer the family being the key this is what you need behind you and not only does her mom know now she's supportive of it you know and and you know pat's behind her and by the way he's doing such a great job in this episode of playing such a great fatherly figure man he's really nailing this role i think he's one of the best parts of this show like he just, just pat's always got the perfect thing to say and he's always there it's, it's great man i love the character uh, well, he's the biggest name, too, Greg. I need to slot in, too, because I think that Courtney and her mother had such a great scene before the staff lit up. Her mother was like, I, I don't know. Like a, a part of me just wants to take you and run away, like listen to what Pat's been saying. But also, like there's families here. There's innocent people here. Like, But if I let you stay and fight, you may die. I just love that they had the conversation, mm-hmm. and there's actual consequences there may be for Courtney. I, I wonder, I'm a little scared of her mother's fate when she's this accepting mm-hmm. and what what Jordan Jordan now knows. 
but I, I just love that scene between them. Courtney ultimately says like it doesn't matter because the staff doesn't let up for her at that time. But even then, just her mother being willing to have that conversation, even debate letting her stay and fight, is it just shows how far Barbara's come in an episode and a half. But it, it makes you wonder too how much she really knows about all this stuff too, because I mean you saw that she was looking a little into it herself towards the end. But it was did seem like somewhat of a quick turnaround, just finding out what was it last mm-hmm. week. And then this week, of course, we don't know also the time span between those. Three, three, so three hours. Then, you know. Well, she found out at the end of the episode before. Yeah, three, exactly. Yeah, so. um, but yeah, man, it, it, it's nice to see. Like you said, that seemed like what she needed was, was the family behind her, and it's good to see that development. I still think her brother's going to find out real soon, especially with the way he reacted today. And we'll talk about that as we get into it. But let's start talking about some parts of the episode. We'll start. We don't go, go scene by scene, but let's just start how it opens with Shiny Knight. You, what do you all think about his portrayal in this uh, in this series so far, I enjoy it, Greg. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been doing anything uh, like the character, mm-hmm. but we quickly find out why. Uh, I think Doctor Ido, uh, Ido uh, experimented on uh, Shiny Knight mm-hmm. Justin and made him lose his memories and lose parts of himself and be scared because Pat says that he's the like. Strongest, bravest, the strongest person he ever met, and here, well, even with the machine, Brainwave is going to try and brainwash people, and not only that, but Doctor Ido or Ido, whatever we call him, uh, made Brainwave remember the ten years that he missed, so he clearly has the ability to do that. So I, I, I imagine that he experimented on and messed mm-hmm. with uh, Shiny Knight because he sees. Uh, the Dragon King and his men every time he starts hallucinating. And I think that's the, I personally think that's the 10 years he's been brainwashed. Which, by the way, just jumping from here, uh, before we, you know, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on Shine in a second. Dude, that guy has got some range. Like, the, playing the father figure, or the guy he was when he woke up from the coma, and then going back to how evil he can look in his suit, and talking to, to uh, mm-hmm. Julian. Is it Julian? Jordan. Yeah. Like Jordan, Jordan. God, I keep saying Julian. I think I say Julian every week. Jordan, uh, man, that's amazing. That guy's got some range, dude, because he goes from looking like a normal guy to straight up looking evil in this show. Uh, but Chris, what do you think, man? Shining Knight. Yeah, it's, so it's it's an interesting direction for the character. You know, something that you know ha- haven't seen. Well, at least my experience haven't seen like that. But I, I like it that you know we can see the possible like future if the injustice society gets you know what they what their plan is for their new america because this is definitely a part of it and you know it, it's it's sad it, it, it's it's sad because of just how how much of it we can only guess and see by pat's respect for him of how much how big of a figure he is how much of a, a good person and a hero he is and just seeing him in this in this condition is just is unfortunate but i, I have a feeling we're going to we're going to see Shining Knight come again and rise again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely set him up where he's going to be. He's going to help out in the end. Uh, I, I just want to know how long they're going to do it. It's the same kind of thing you were talking about with Courtney losing the powers. I want to know how long they're going to string this out of him not remembering or him not being it. Like, I'd like to see it happen pretty quickly uh, next episode uh, where he is the guy. How, you know, how, he, how about at the, the guy, end so. of your penultimate of next week's episode? He, he, he finally, that, that's, that's, that's your stinger at the end. I can deal with that. As long as I get him for at least a full episode in character. I'll be cool with that. 
Um, let's see. Barbara's arguing with Pat in this one about trying to tell the government, and that's when Pat just kind of makes her realize, like, you don't yeah. know how deep this can go, <laughs> and, you know, handling this the wrong way could could be, <laughs> you know, the end for us. Um, what y'all think about it, her, her dad, Sam Curtis? Let's we'll jump on to characters. Um, you know, this is... <laughs> Douchebag. Yeah, well, you know, at first it seemed like... Loser. At first it seemed like he was a nice guy, but I, I knew the second he sat down with her and started talking to her about the, the uh, chain... The locket. I was asking for it. I was like, "Oh, what a piece of shit!" I knew exactly where it was going. It was so terrible. I hate seeing stuff like that. Uh, and I love the way Pat handled it. But uh, I thought it was crazy because the picture that they had in the locket, man, that looks like Joel McHale in that picture. That was why for so long I was like, "There's yeah, no but... way. There's no way." But th- that guy that got to play that role, okay, I could see him being <laughs> that picture too. That makes sense. Very great piece of casting. He was also in, if I remember. Uh, oh, a comedy with Jay Burchell. Uh, she's out of your league, I think, is what it was. He was like the the cool fighter pilot okay. in that. So he he knows how to play these kind of characters, a uh, little bit douchebag type characters. Uh, I I think he was great in his role. And like you said, Greg, when he asked for that locket back, I was so furious, I was so angry because you seen like when. Like the realization come on yeah, Courtney's face that he that he was just here for the locket. That's the only reason he mm-hmm. came. Yeah, it's a pretty piece of shit move, man. Uh, don't know how. Like I said, I love the way Pat reacted to it. You know, he goes out there and knocks him out. I love how his his the, the it give me chills and you're talking about this because you know uh, it touches me on another level. Um, I, I love how he talks to him and he says, "What you just did to her is like I care about her. That's somebody that I care about." You know, not just a, it, it, it just blew me away. And it was so, I think Brent said it in the chat earlier. He was like, Pat made me mm-hmm. proud during part, during, during seeing this episode. And I think when I was watching that, I tested him. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about because <laughs> it, it definitely made me proud in that moment. I actually watched that twice because I watched it and my wife was getting ready. I said, you got to come watch this scene with me. And she came and watched it with me too. And she's like, oh, that is very nice. It's, uh, you know, for everything from, from him giving her the hug to him telling her, you know, if you need to yell, you need to scream, whatever, I can take it. That That's, mm-hmm. man, that's a dad right there. Oh man, he does such a good job in that role. Um, he he he's he's really scene. just. Great I think that's what it is. He's just a good. He's a great dad. Like he 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 really. Luke Wilson does a good job portraying a great dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Barbara sees sees mm-hmm. Luke, sees him confronting uh, Courtney as well. So that basically, because Mike even asked in this episode if they're getting divorced again. Mm-hmm. So I think that. Just seeing the look on her face as she sees Pat comfort Courtney, that he he will be like he'll be there permanently, and I, I just love it. Uh, so many great little scenes between characters in this episode. Uh, I I think we're just built up for the the final two. The one thing I really want to talk to you guys about that I just a little offhand comment. I think that Rick is getting very close to decoding the yeah. uh, book he mentions it i think that's going to come into play for stopping yeah project New America. yeah i think that's that's very very um very likely because this book has been you know kind of trying to figure it out at that point and how close rex was to kind of unearthing the truth yeah yeah i uh you know the um oh i had the point i want to say right here and I, which one oh yeah brainwave uh, there's a scene where Brainwave tells Jordan about um, 
about Courtney and and Pat, you know, and then he reveals their identities to him, and it looks like he legitimately didn't know. Like he he really had no idea. Like yep. it seemed like there may have been a point in time where maybe he kind of knew a little bit about it and was hinted at it, but it from his reaction, it looks like they almost didn't even know. And I love how Brainwave was like, "I killed my son and my wife for you, and you want to sacrifice this for one of your coworkers <laughs> yeah. or somebody works on you." Which obviously there's some kind of romantic thing, at least on his end, in there because. He has he has got to care about her, have feelings for her. Otherwise, why would he be, be so adamant about not hurting them? You know. But uh, I thought that was a pretty cool scene because it kind of blew me away. I thought for sure that that Jordan knew something or had a hint, a hinkling about something. We, you know. We also have to mention that Brainwave actually mentions as well that he's feeling uh, more like much more powerful now since Henry died. He says that he felt Henry's powers come into him. And that instead of only six states for Project New America's launch, he's going to do half the country. So, so twenty-six states, if my math is correct, my don't, Canadian don't math. Don't ask Greg; you don't do math. No, I'm not that fast. <laughs> I'm write it down. Um, I, I want to know though when he did bring that up, and I don't understand really the point because it's obvious that 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 Henry Jr. is dead. They had to wait for him. Did uniform. we see a body? Do you, well, see that's body. what I want to know. Do you think that we're not going down like the Jericho Deathstroke path, are I, we? I, I, Where maybe he's alive in his father's mind no, or something like that? I, I, I just, again, I didn't see a body, so anything's possible. That's true. That's true. I mean, I don't know how you I, Hey, I don't know how that, a lot of things but. that I say that I didn't see a body and yet they come back, so <laughs> I leave that up to them to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like Courtney explained to the group that she's that she's wanting to quit or that the staff's not working and she doesn't want to do it anymore because Star Starman's not her dad and you know that's when Yolanda's like well Wildcat wasn't my dad and look at me realistically the only one there that would have had father figures that were in there would have been Henry and uh, Rick right yeah it and case. don't you feel so. that this was you know we said this was a kind of a different episode most this was definitely we need an episode where the budget is very low. <laughs> this was this was this oh, was yeah. we, 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 we we can't we need to have one episode where the we'll do the glowing cosmic staff we're not doing anything else <laughs> dude that grundy versus stripe battle is gonna be you know a lot gonna cost a lot of money you know it's coming too it's gonna cost a lot of money but uh but ultimately like this this episode does go back to uh do you follow in your parents footsteps or do you blaze your own mm-hmm. trail you it, this, but this is for Courtney now, because she was following her what she thought was her parents' footsteps in becoming Star Girl because she thought her father was Star Man. Now that she realizes that no, Dad's not Star Man. Dad's a piece of crap that is basically a grifter slash con man. Uh, will you still think that you're special enough to be a hero? But it comes back right into the Justice Justin story of how he became Shining Knight is that heroes can come from anywhere. And Pat repeats that message to Courtney, and I just love how that message comes full circle and comes back around. And they're touching on the stuff that I I was asking at the start, like if your parent is a member of the ISA, will you be a member of the ISA, or will you like blaze your own trail? Right. So I just love that, even though like Chris is right, this episode is very light on the effects and the budget for oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. 
it, it has a lot of heart and does advance that, definitely. That's what I, I think we said this, oh, yeah. this show has really strived itself is character development. They've, you know, again, it's the first season, so you're going to have a lot of it, but I, I think that they've done a good job of not making it just a tried and trope first season. Um, how about this for, as I'll say, as some, one of my podcasts I listen to goes, a uh, cool ranch out there theory. Um, final episode, we get a stinger. We get, we get Jay Garrick showing up. Or 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 and and or and or Alan Scott. Because we, I remember there was a lot of talk when this series was in production or as it was getting ready to come out that we will see them, or at least hinting towards we would see but, but members outside of that first episode. I would love it, Chris. I'm, I'm not sure. Like if I guess one or the other. The, both of those, I'd love to see. Love to see Jay Garrick and it actually being <laughs> John Wesley Ship too. Well, I guess uh, that could work because they're technically on a different Earth in the same universe, yeah. right? They're on Earth yeah, too. So. Yes, so they could actually use that character, and he's a fantastic yeah, Jay Garrick as well. So I, I think that he would nail that, and it would be a cool way to basically send them towards the yeah. CW. So that's 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 yeah, what I'm possibly. I'm hoping. I guess they will call it a cool ranch theory. Yeah. Uh, I like cool ranch Doritos. I do too, but I don't like ranch dressing, which is really <laughs> strange. <laughs> ranch dressing is oh amazing, Greg. Do blue cheese all day. Uh, okay, a couple things I want to talk about uh, real quick because we're getting towards the end here. Uh, Henry's dad at the wake, the the message he was given, and the the moment he starts talking to Courtney telepathically. Like, that's how she knows he remembers. I got to think, man, what the hell kind of a day is she having? Where she's met her father and he's a piece of shit and basically left her. Uh, she missed school. She had to tell her friends she couldn't be part of the Super Friends gang anymore. Her staff's not working. And now she knows this guy knows her identity is coming after her. Well, not coming after her. I believe he kind of says, bring it. Come at me, like bro. That, right? Come after us. Yeah. Yeah. Come after so, us. So, I mean, Come after what us. day she's having, dude? Like, that's got to be such a terrible day for her. But, uh it does end well, because there's the basement scene with uh, with Justin where she actually does get her, her power back. And I love how, uh, I keep calling him Justin, uh, Shine Knight. I guess his name is Justin. Well, his name yeah. is Justin. Uh, Shine Knight's uh, remark is, our queen has risen. And I was like, oh boy, that's going to be something yep. good. Great way to end it. And then it puts us right to the end yeah. where we know it's coming soon. You see the clock. 12 hours, 43 minutes, and 17 seconds when it goes black. So they are almost there, which means the next two episodes are going to come within at least yeah. a twelve-hour period, the so same day. I wish they both dropped the same time, but I know we're going to have to wait a full week in between episodes. Oh, you know it's going to be a cliffhanger too. <laughs> like at the end, at the end of the one, one next to the last. Uh, I had a question though. They were talking about you know he finally makes the decision. Uh, Jordan does to to have them go ahead and kill Courtney and Pat and uh, and Barbara. And they said, what about the boy, the brother? And he says, yeah, go ahead and kill him, too. He said, you don't want to make the mistake of leaving yep. a legacy alive. What well, does the, that mean? Yeah. Well, it's the legacy of just Stargirl. You know, you know she... she mm, yeah. Don't want to have somebody else coming after them, too. Mm, okay. I thought maybe that was preluding to something else. Like, maybe he has you know something else to do with somebody else. <laughs> whatever, I don't know. But, yeah, you're probably right about that. I probably read too far into it. Sounded cool, though, but... Yeah, man, that's about it. Y'all got anything else you want to point out about the show? This week's episode, like we said, was a little slower, but still a good episode. Um, and 
huge on character development. Yep. It's the calm before the storm. You know, we're getting up some big episodes coming up real soon. Action's so. coming. Action's uh, anything coming. else you want to point out? Action is definitely coming, yep. But uh, Super excited for Stars and Stripes Part 1 and Part 2. Oh, is that the name of the next two episodes? Stars and Stripes? Awesome. Yeah, yeah definitely looking forward to that. Cool. Well, all right. Well, uh, y'all, this is the longest show of superhero not superhero yeah. discussions. We're not on superhero discussions right now. We're on uh, DC Alliance podcast <laughs> right now. Uh, but it's the longest episode of that, too. So, uh, Chris, man, I thank you so much for coming on. You brought the DC <laughs> knowledge, as you always do, with the Justice Con full watch and your pages of notes and just your eloquent voice and style of speaking and portraying stuff there. It's uh, always fun to have you on. Uh, Going to be on with you a lot and a lot of different things in the very near future, especially yep. for Friday. So, uh, Chris, you can find, find you? me on Twitter. I'm at Chris Balga. Uh, again, we've got uh, World's Finest True Believers uh, Wednesdays, and you can follow that on Twitter at Finest Believers and Marvel Alliance with uh, Travis Snell uh, at Marvel A Podcast. And um, yeah, and just one my, my final word is this the uh, Snyder Cut saved lives. Pass it on. Yes. So, yes, that, did. Yes. As, and as, as always, gentlemen, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much, sir. T Bone, where can they find you, buddy? They can find me on Twitter at Travis underscore 156. You can drop me a line and we can chat about DC anytime. I also do superhero discussions with Greg that comes out every Friday. I, we're part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance. Uh, Chris has Marvel Alliance, normally with Travis Snell. But he has an episode with Brant, who filled in for Travis uh, this past week. I'm really excited to listen to that tomorrow. <laughs> kind of put that off until after we did this recording. I didn't want any Marvel news Aww. getting into my DC brain today. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'm excited for that. And as far as World's Finest True Believers, you may hear me on that in a month or so. So, yeah, make sure you check that out. I will be plugging those when they happen. But, Chris, thanks for joining us, as always, like Greg said. You're a pretty fantastic guest, and you have clearance to come out and chat DC anytime you want. Oh yeah, yeah. I imagine you're going to be on a lot in the near future, which is awesome, though. All right, and you can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter is my personal handle. Then you can find me here with DC Alliance Podcast. Just search Geek Open Alliance Network and you'll find us. Fridays with T Bone there on Superhero Discussions. You can check all of us out this Friday on Super Super Civil Servants Podcast, where we're going to talk more about. Uh, Justice Con and what the rest of the crew felt about it. We're going to cover Stargirl again. We're going to do the newest episode of Doom Patrol. That's live, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. The show's usually drop Tuesday morning audio version. So check us out there. And then if you're a sports fan, come check me out on Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and the C3 on the C3 Panthers podcast where we talk about Panthers football for a long time every week. Even though there's not any football news going on right now, we somehow figure out how to do it. So uh, come check us out there. But... Um, Man, it's been an awesome show, y'all. I really appreciate it. And uh, let's go and get out of here. Later. Mm-hmm. Later, guys. There would be no way. I would rather, I would destroy the movie. I would set it on fire before I would use a single frame <laughs> that I did not photograph. That is a fucking hard fact.